a very special Star Wars episode of the Just End the Suffering podcast, which normally features New York sports talk, my long-suffering fan. But we do go down the pop culture rabbit hole a bit. This week, we have a very special Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. We're going to do this in two parts. The first part, we will sort of reset the stakes of the Star Wars universe. I'll be joined in the studio in just a moment by Pete Considori. We talked to him during Stranger Things. He's a big Star Wars fan. We sort of broke down his entry into the saga, reset episode eight a little bit, offer a few predictions about episode nine. That's coming up in just a bit. Afterwards, we will be joined by John Stanko, the podcast resident film critic, also a big Star Wars guy. We will break down the film in full spoiler fashion. So do not get to that part of the podcast until you've seen the movie. When you do, we will spoil everything for you. We will break down all the big reveals, all the big twists and turns, and figure out where the franchise will go from here. The Skywalker saga is over, but we know this is too big a moneymaker. This is not the end of Star Wars. So that's happening right there. And without further ado, let's go our conversation with Pete Considori right now. The resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you... I will have killed the last Jedi! Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. All right, we are back on our special year-end entertainment podcast with a preview segment for Star Wars Episode Nine. Joining me from the past is somebody we last heard from in terms of pop culture during Stranger Things. It's my good friend Pete Considori. Pete, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for this conversation, and I'll tell you why. Um, the Stranger Things... It was more of I saw it. Let's talk about it. this. Is now speculation and, and theory, and I and I'm I'm pretty excited to talk uh, other than Rangers hockey on the <laughs> famous uh, don't and uh, please end the suffering podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's just end the suffering. Technically. Oh, my fault. Just end the suffering. See, this is how so out of the loop I am, yeah. man. You got to get me on more. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, just end the suffering podcast. I do apologize. No, I'm very excited. Uh, and as a as a Star Wars, um, I wouldn't say junkie because I'm not as uh, knowledgeable as as other Star Wars fans are, but I do love the Star Wars franchise, so it should be a fun fun combo. Yeah, and just to put this in here, like like I did on the Avengers podcast with Sandra Rosa, we did the preview before the movie's happening. We're doing a Star Wars preview about, this case, about a month and a half before it's dropping, so it is November 12th peak. Can you tell me who the Rangers are playing like most recently? Just for who reference. The, who the Rangers are playing most recently? Well, yeah. we just lost against the Panthers in a shootout. Okay, so that's a frame of reference. The uh, Rangers has lost the Carolina Panthers. You can look up that game in a shootout, and that's when we were recording this podcast. Can I just say something about the Florida Panthers really quick? Sure. The Florida Panthers surprise me every time we play them because they actually play better than I think they would, and yeah. I think Florida has a good chance this year of actually making some some noise in the in the playoff run. But what a what a game! It was like five five. We went to the shootout. You can't you can't finish it off, Rangers. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's funny. <sighs> it's funny when this actually airs. We'll see how the Pan- uh, Panthers are in the standings. Yeah, true. Very true. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's get into Star Wars. We're supposed to start off on a good note. Yeah. <laughs> we did start off on a good note. We heard Luke Skywalker saying that Kylo Ren was wrong about every word he said. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> we, we don't know. <laughs> we assume. We assume. Yeah. So let's go a little bit before we dive into the latest of seven and eight. So, like, how did you get into Star Wars? So I saw the trailer for Phantom Menace back when I was a wee lad. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, oh, you know, Star Wars is, was something when I was a kid. This is, you know, these aren't the first movies because it was called Episode One. So, of course, I'm going, no, Dad, it's the first Star Wars movie. But <laughs> really, you know. Uh, Blame George. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um. So anyway, so we went to the movies, and he's like, we should go. So I went to see The Phantom Menace, and um. You know, for a young kid watching it, it was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Uh, rewatching it as an adult, I'm like, it could have been better. Uh, I don't think The Phantom Menace ranks very high in most people's Star Wars, ra- you know, rankings, but um, necessary, quite necessary for the storyline. I feel like all the movies, as good or bad as you want to call them, I think they are all necessary. Um, so I got into that by watching episode one, two, and three, and then I watched four, five, and six. So I watched it in the chronological way, uh, based on the episode numbers, not when they actually came out. Um, you know, cause technically one, two, and three are a new hope Empire so, Strikes Back. So did you wait till after Revenge of the Sith came out to watch episode four? Yeah. I don't think I watched the, the episodes four, five, and six until after Revenge of the Sith. Actually, no, that might be a lie. I may have watched four, five, and six before, uh, uh the, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I might've. I'll say otherwise, that'd be a very interesting perspective that you went basically in the intended chronological order. Yeah. Listen, the, you want to talk about, you want to blame George? <laughs> Rogue One, Yeah. right? Fantastic film happens in between three and four, right? Yeah. Really right before four starts. Yeah, it's about like, right? it, most of the movie's about like, uh, like three days before four starts. Right. Th- it's very, very close. Yeah. You want to talk about flip-flopping. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you, you go from episodes four, five, and six to one, two, and three. Right then, I think what Rogue seven. One comes out after seven, right? Yep. You go seven, Rogue One, eight, nine. Like pick a pick, and it wasn't also oh, the Obi Wan movie was supposed to come out. They delayed that or even canceled, scrapped the project. Well, that's so that would have been more going back and forth with it. Well, that's because Solo bombed. Yeah, Solo. <laughs> I, I'm not too mad at Solo. How much of the story can you get in one movie? Like yeah. Solo can have his own trilogy, you know? Like I, yeah. but. You know, obviously, there's a lot of flops. There's a lot of good in these movies, so that's what we're here to discuss, right? Yeah, and hot take. I think two is the worst of the first three. You I know, know everyone says it's know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you, but yeah. I think two is the most important. In the fact that it, it sets up this whole, well, here's where all the clones came from, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it sets up so much of the franchise itself because when you think of Star Wars, there's a lot of main characters a main character is a stormtrooper. Yeah. Like you think of stormtroopers. Uh, people, I I knew a guy who had a white Camaro that made yeah. it the stormtrooper Camaro. <laughs> so so it, it wasn't in my mind. It, it falls at the bottom of my list. I think number two is the worst out of all. But I think it was important to the storyline of Star Wars. I felt like George Lucas was like, we need to get this in here. So we're gonna have to do it now. Yeah. Before we try to wrap everything up in three. Yeah, I think the thing that was bad about two, in my opinion, was just like. The whole love story thing was, A, he can't write it, and B, it's just like the last time we saw like Anakin was a 10-year-old kid yes. and like teenage. There's a te- big te- gap. Yeah. There's a big gap that you have to get over in your head yeah, it's, and say like, okay. yeah, um, like It looks like, like it feels like gross and it actually is. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what too? It, it, it almost sets up his messed up reality, right? Yep. So spoiler alert for those of you who don't know Star Wars. Oh, let me get that spoiler alert. Get the alert. spoiler alert. Thank you. Yep. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker's Darth Vader, right? Uh, he he gets tricked into thinking the dark side is going to save his pregnant wife yeah. um, because he keeps having visions that his pregnant wife was going to die during childbirth, which she does no matter 
what Anakin does with the dark side, whatever, she still passes away during childbirth. Um, Obi-Wan messes this dude up, messes <laughs> him up, and that's how he becomes... Uh, I mean, I guess he had the Darth Vader tag technically before he I became... I think it's the suit. Yeah, it's just the suit, but that's when you see the iconic Darth Vader suit and how he became a bionic man, pretty much, yep. that needs a respirator 24-7. That's why you hear the... You know, all the time. It, you know, it, it kind of sets up that kind of messed up reality for him, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it does, and you just think about like that whole sequence of movies. I mean, like I could, we could spend about another two hours talking about the plot holes in Episode Three. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the other thing too is George Lucas had two hours, let's call it two and a half, to like kill off a bunch of people before four came out. Yeah. Uh, well, four was already out, but like bef- in the in the chronologi- chronologically yeah, you, of the of the of the episodes, yeah, you got to get rid of people. You got to turn you gotta Anakin kill, into Darth Vader. You got to kill Samuel Jackson. You got to <laughs> introduce technically Luke and Leia. Yeah. You got to introduce General Grievous for some reason in there. <laughs> I mean, like he just he's in the beginning, like he's he's like the most badass villain on top of like. Uh, Darth Vader and them, and he's just like, oh, I'm gonna cough a bunch and get killed like halfway yeah. through. Like, come on. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It again. I think he needed to pile ten pounds into a pound bag, and yeah. I, I think that's where the problem was with the with the original trilogy. Yeah, but that, that trilogy. My problem with obviously is like just the fact that like so many characters completely like, just lost their minds and were completely stupid in episode three. You, you know what though? You could you could make an argument that the first trilogy should have been two trilogies. Yeah. So it could you could have had. You know, four, five, and six maybe should have been seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. And then four, five, and six, six would have been the transition from Anakin to Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, two, and three could be a little bit more about Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. It could be a little bit more about um, Darth Maul. You know, yep. he could be the main villain throughout that first trilogy. Yeah. Then the second trilogy, the main villain could be Darth Vader himself. There's an internal enemy, you know, with you know little plot enemies in there just to keep the movies fresh. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Like. And I mean, we know what the classic is. When the sequel trilogy was announced, what was your reaction? Seven, eight, nine. Yes. My reaction was um, mixed. Yeah. I was excited because I'm like, oh man, I love Star Wars. They're actually going to move forward with with Luke and yeah. Leia. Like this is insane. And then I started seeing the trailer. I'm like, where do they play in? Yeah. Right. So then you see kind of Leia's involved. You see Han Solo's involved. Okay. You see Chewbacca's there. You're bringing back people. When I saw the trailer to eight, I'm like, okay, here comes, here comes Luke. Okay, now we're now we're cooking. Like, here we go. And and for those of you who haven't seen eight, if you hit the spoiler here, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we gotta get you a production guy. So you don't have to do that. Um, of course, he comes in eight, and then oh, we're just gonna fade away at the end of eight. I'm like, oh, come on, we only had two hours of Luke, you know, yeah. or closer to three probably. Um, so. I, I was mixed. I was yeah. mixed. But this recent trailer, so many emotions, so many things to look forward to, and so many things that could go wrong with this film that makes me feel like J.J. Abrams has a ton of pressure that this movie doesn't flop because he has to fix what happened in 8 a little bit. Um, I liked 7. Yeah, yeah, I like 7 too. Yeah. I, I know people said like throughout, like, oh, it, it's just a carbon copy of 4. But like, okay, well, <laughs> would you rather they have had one, two, and three? <laughs> they did. They did so much in episodes one through six. I mean, how much more original are you going to get with yeah. Star Wars, right? Yeah. I mean, like you, you. It's I don't want to say it's niche, but like, how you know, you had the you had the the rebellion, you had the Imperial Army. Okay, you had the good versus evil story. You did it already. Fine. Okay, how many more good versus evil stories are you going to do in each trilogy? You have to continue what's going on. Yeah, is it a carbon copy? 
maybe, yeah. but like, is it really? No. Like, the 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 main guy, like Darth Vader, was not conflicted in four. Like Kylo Ren, you can see how conflicted he is a little bit in four and how he's trying. Like, I think there's a little more character development with the 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 bad guy of the movie, quote unquote, than there was in four. In yeah. My opinion, because in four, Darth Vader is just like this mean dude, just like, no, nah, he's the worst guy ever. He's he's a he's a badass too, but like. No emotion, like I, I'm a dark, dark side guy. Here's my red lightsaber. Pew pew, you're dead. Like, yeah. it, I think, I think it's not a carbon copy, but I can see the similarities. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Darth Vader in four because it made me think back to Rogue One. Because remember when he first oh, he when, messes everyone up. Yeah, when he first shows up in Episode Four oh. in the original timeline, you're like, okay, he's pissed for no reason. Then you show, then he shows up in the, after Rogue One. You're like, oh, I get. It. He knows That's they're why, there, and he's so pissed because right. he knows they're lying to him. Right. Right, so it, That's it, always makes, it makes sense. I, I like how Rogue One ties everything together, though. Yep. It's a great, it's a great filler. Um, maybe there should be a Rogue Two. I mean, I know it doesn't work like that because yeah. of the whole, plot yeah. Of the, but maybe something in between. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't see Rogue One, they all died. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Uh, but um, you know, maybe something in between six and seven, maybe will be nice to tie something in. Well, I don't that, know. That, that's supposedly what the Mandalorian is allegedly. Yeah, but it's 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 based on yeah. But then you got to pay sixty bucks a year to watch that instead of the twenty bucks to see the movie. And I mean, I guess it's worth it. I mean, yeah. Disney Plus that just came out what today? Yeah. So um, that's the other point of reference. Disney Plus just came out. By the time this, the movie comes out, we've got six episodes of Mandalorian in us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have my tickets for for episode nine. By the way, yeah. opening night Thursday. Nice. It's actually it's Thursday seven forty five. It's not really opening night. It's the day before. Yeah. I feel like midnight releases are not a thing anymore in the movies. It's like, no, nah, we'll do it at Thursday at six thirty. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't do that anymore. I mean, like Avengers was like seven and ten. Yeah. Those were the two yeah. the times they had. I got I got tickets for Avengers that Saturday. I was very shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. But I think it's because the Avengers had so many screenings at New Rock. Yeah, I mean I think every theater in New Rock, the 18 theaters, like maybe 15 of them were showing Avengers all day long. Yeah, and I think that's why I got tickets. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Tangent. <laughs> yeah. Tangent. So let's dive into the most recent movie here. Let's dive back into Episode Eight. So. Yep. And that movie was really, really polarizing. Either you loved it or you hated it. Where on the scale did you fall with eight? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So now, now, as a Star Wars movie, no. As a standalone movie that has Star Wars theme, yes. Um, I understand that people were not happy with it, but again, it's like the old, it's the episode two problem. You need to set something up. Right, there needs to be. A, I don't want to say like a movie you burn and just go. Okay, we need to just get it out of the way. But like episode two, and you can even argue with episode five. Like you need to get through so much before you can get to what's going on. Right, I know episode five. Um, everyone loves it. It's like the top top one. Yeah. But I I just think that I think that if J.J. Abrams does it right. If the storyline is going to go in a crazy direction, eight sets nine up perfectly. If this flops, then the only movie that was kind of worth it in there was seven. Yeah, it's like cool. Like look at the lightsaber. Look how Kylo Ren is. Oh, look at this. Like it's, you know, he's like this. He he comes off as this all powerful guy. Spoiler alert for for episode seven. Like, thank you. <laughs> so he comes off this all as this uh, all powerful guy, but he's so internally conflicted. So internally conflicted, and then eight's like, nah, he's not conflicted no more. He's done. Yeah, like yeah. he wants to just everyone's just gone. Um, if it's done right, 
I think episode nine is going to be the best out of the trilogy if it's done right. Um, we'll get to that trailer. But episode eight, I think, was imperative. Imperative is probably not the right word. It was it was key to have this movie to show that Luke kind of didn't want any part of training Ray. Yeah, he clearly did not. Nothing. Ray doesn't really even get trained. Like, think about the movie. Like, what does Ray really do? She doesn't really do much training. He gives her about. He gives her. He's supposed to give her three lessons. He only gave her two. In, in and one. and one lesson was like, "Hey, let's talk about the book." Like it's <laughs> not, like it's, it's nothing like. It, so, I I don't know where it goes from there. Does Ray have enough training to be this Jedi Master now in nine? Like, there's a lot of plot holes in eight. They're like, okay, uh, what did this what did this accomplish? Why do we watch two hours of him training her when really all she got was a good look at the dark side and what that could do to people, and. Here's a whole lightsaber, and let's let's read let's read this book. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't really bode well for the franchise, the, the the next three. But if they do nine right, it's a good setup movie. Yeah, I, I could see that point. I mean, I liked it when it came out. I did see it three times in theaters. I so. saw it twice. Yeah, I saw it twice, and I liked it both times. Yeah, it, it's a good movie. It's a good. St- you could say it's a good Star Wars movie, but again, it's more story based instead of really action packed like. You know, it's more like, hey, we need to set some stuff up. Nine's going to be the one where things go down. But the problem is going to be, if nine doesn't do that, then eight didn't set anything up. Eight is literally just a burner movie. Like, no, we don't need it. It was just two hours to get it out there to make some money. Yeah, the parallel I draw with this movie is, uh, remember Star Trek Into Darkness, the second Trek reboot? I'm not a... Yeah, but you know, no, the other, no. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just never seen any Star yeah. Trek really films. Yeah, so like, anyway, it's a similar kind of deal where like this movie came out, the critics loved it. Like, they loved 8. Because 8 got, like, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Everybody loved it. The fans despised it. Yep. And I feel like that's something similar happening here, where all the diehards are like, this is not my Star Wars. This is not what I signed up for. But, like, yeah. you have to understand, too. When I was growing up, Star Wars was episode 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. My dad was growing up. It was episodes 4, 5, and 6. Now, this generation, this is the Star Wars with them growing up. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Star Wars from... When you grew up, it's a different story. It's a different plot. It's different characters, except for the ones they brought back. Yes, Han Solo, Leia, Luke. But you have to understand, you can't keep putting out movies on the same storyline. You think the, the the six-year-old kid who went to go see Seven knows what happened in episodes one through six? No. No. <laughs> they just see, oh, look, Kylo Ren. He's this really cool evil dude. Here's Rey, this powerful uh, female figure in the film. You know, here's Finn, this this kind of nobody stormtrooper who decides, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, these are the things... Well, I guess it's not stormtrooper, it's first order... Whatever, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, guy. Uh, he, these are the things that you have to take into consideration when making a movie that uses old plot lines. You can still use the old plot lines, but of course you're not going to make it the movies of... They're not making it 1, 2, and 3, so I, I feel like people are waiting for... A four, five, and six reboot, which I don't think this is going to be the case. I think it's this is the new trilogy, and then there's going to be another new trilogy, and that's uh, that's own thing. It's not going to be seven, eight, and nine. Will it play off the Star Wars story? Yes, absolutely. But it's never going to be four, five, and six. No, it's not. One, two, and three wasn't. Seven, eight, and nine is not. And you know, ten, eleven, twelve won't be either. All right, we touched on the Ray Luke storyline a little bit. We always talk like touched about that. Let's go on some of the other storylines of this movie. Let's go back to the. The one that I did not like the most was the Finn and Rose storyline. You like that? I did not like the Casino Planet. <coughs> well, excuse me. The Casino Planet, that scene, a lot of people argued could have just been deleted. 
that that whole storyline could have been deleted. <laughs> that like, what exactly did they accomplish? It, it, you know what though, I I think Finn finally became personified because Finn was this just like first order soldier. Clone the clone troopers are just clones. Like they're just they're not really people, right? Yeah. They are, but they aren't. Like you just think of them as it's a clone trooper. It's a first order first order soldier. So I think it personalizes him and personifies him a great deal that he falls in love with this specific character. Um, you know, and then at the end if you want to hit the spoiler. <laughs> Thank you. And that's a Star she, Trek red alert she spoiler. Goes, yeah. She goes to she goes to to sacrifice herself for 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 him so i i'm not gonna say that the movie couldn't have done without it because it could have but like you actually start to feel bad for a guy i mean you kind of like see it in the in seven like he's a first order kind of you know he defected he doesn't want to be in the in the in the first order army anymore i just i think it gives him that extra layer of like like i said like i said 30 times personification yeah yeah, he was an interesting one. Like, his storyline, kind of like, it's the whole, I think they went through a lot of hoops to give him, like, a, a bit of personal growth. Like, this, the whole thing with the Code Breaker really made no sense. The, the Code Breaker thing was just a, hey, we're going to set you up. That yeah. was the whole thing. And I think it they needed a storyline behind, well, who this, you know, how's this Code Breaker going to play into it? And they did this whole thing, and then, yeah. oh, it was a setup. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, that whole thing we could have done without, but I, I kind of can understand why they used it. You know, like yeah. there's certain, like who knows how this is going to play in nine. Yeah, it, it could. You never Code know. Breaker may come back, and I'm going to mm. be mad because I really <laughs> didn't like him, but like he's he's going to come back probably. He's like, I'll help you out, and everyone's be like, no, we don't trust you. And then yeah. he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm better this time or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's one other line. The the other thing, the third main star on is Poe storyline, and Poe gave us a gem in this movie. I gotta drop this because the sound in there. Fleet, I have an urgent communique for General Hux. Patch him through. This is General Hux of the First <coughs> Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no surrender. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy. Okay, I'll hold. Hello? Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Can you... can he hear me? Hux? He can. With an H? Skinny guy? Kind of pasty? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him. I believe he's tooling with you, sir. About his mother. Open fire! Yet the epic prank call, I think, was his best moment of the entire movie. Can we, can we just can we just stop and just appreciate <laughs> that? And correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first ever Yo Mama joke in Star Wars. Yep, that was. Much. That yes. was. I mean, that, that, that. It's, but you know what's funny? That plays to this generation too. Yeah. Like I feel like that stuff the older generation doesn't like, and I yeah. think that's why a lot of people don't like the newer movies yeah. because they want a little comedy in it, they want a little sarcasm, they want a little dark, dry humor. When you you don't really you see it, Han Solo was mainly that guy, but like you see it more in these movies, and I think that right there is why people are like, oh, what is this? Like, why are we why are we joking around like this? This is a serious, like, you're in a space fight with this guy, you know? 
he he had a lot to prove in this movie, and I think that's why eight is also important as well. I think it sets up his character immensely as well. I think it. See, I, I think I think, it, I think he did. I think he came away looking the best for me. Right. I was gonna say Ray was the least changed character throughout. Like there was no growth. I think for her character, I think the most growth was Finn, and and Poe. Yeah, I think po- I think I th- and Poe was the top guy. Like he was the one that was like okay. This is the guy who's taken over. Like he grew the most. Yeah, and that's why I say that's why I keep saying I think these storylines are important for nine. Yeah, and I think it's interesting with that whole storyline because we had first of all I forgot about this until I went back and watched the movie again. I forgot the Carrie Poppins sequence when when they when they blow up the ship and she uses the force and just basically yeah, Carrie Poppins right back. A lot, back a lot the of ship. people didn't like that either. Yeah, I was not a fan of that one. Yeah, but but like okay, can I can I? jump down the script and the rundown a little bit yeah before obviously the actor Carrie Fisher passed away unfortunately before they could film most of nine right okay wasn't she supposed to be a Jedi in the movie or the plan was that she was gonna have some sort of role like a Jedi where she has the force in her which let's be honest if Luke has the force in her Leia has the force in her too if Luke has it in him then Leia has in her as well so why are we all like oh wow she could do that like what if she's the most powerful one Uh, maybe you know because Darth Vader was considered the most powerful Jedi maybe all of his powers went to Leia who knows I mean yeah, you're get, mad at that. Like, yeah. be mad at the casino scene. Don't be mad at that. Yeah, I think people was mad that it looked like so ridiculous. Like, yeah. it's Star Wars. <laughs> they use lightsabers. Yeah. You think that's ridiculous? But yeah. the lightsabers and the aliens talking to each other yeah. in a canteen is not. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. That 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 makes me mad. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to knock anyone that has that 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 like they thought it was ridiculous. But if you're gonna nitpick that and not nitpick the whole basis of Star Wars, yeah. then then I'm sorry that you shouldn't be watching it. Yeah. The whole basis of Star Wars is that people use an imaginary force called the Force and can move things and manipulate and use these lightsabers that can't even be done in real life to fight aliens and space wars. And yeah. but 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 the the floating back to the ship that's too <laughs> far fetched. Yeah, and anyway, that storyline, I think, was all... Like, now we got past Carrie Poppins. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> that is my Blue Jackets yeah. rant of yeah. the Star Wars uh, yeah. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Blue Jackets rant back at episode 36 of the regular podcast. You want to check that out? Yeah, go check it out. I was I was actually pretty spot on on that yeah. one. Yeah, he didn't nail that one, but let's let's stay, let's stay get back here. I mean, obviously, we go back to Poe, and Poe's whole storyline is basically about him learning not to basically, like... Look, basically, look before he leaves because he had that whole sequence in the beginning where he, because I have to blow up this one ship. He basically cost the rebels half of their fleet by going after this one ship, and then the rest of the movie is between Leia and like Holdo, the uh, the replacement Leia after Leia is in the coma for most of the movie. Basically, teaching, saying like, "Look, we're not gonna do anything crazy. We're gonna follow my plan." And he's like, "Can I have the plan?" He's like, "No, you don't need the plan." So, so I think Poe grows the most when the one who replaces Leia takes over and sacrifices herself yeah i think because he was so skeptical skeptical of who she was he thought he was the rifle captain of the second or leader to the second ship or whatever i think that's where most of his growth comes from and you get that kind of like disney movie you know i learned a lesson from this movie kind of thing yeah right obviously it's done in a more darker way than you know beauty and the beast but it it's one of those learning moments, I think, for the character and the people watching, if yeah. you catch my drift. Yeah, I do. I feel like also one of the big criticisms of this movie was the fact that, like, the, the Holdo character, because number one, they felt like 
of all the people put no one introduces her she's just like hey i'm here i'm gonna be the captain yeah yeah basically like of all the people you could have had in that hero spot you could have akbar in here as well they just blow him out the space which i I, that's still jersey crazy they blew him out the space for no reason you could have him you could have lando be that guy but nope this character we never heard of is probably the second most important character in the first in the resistance behind leia (laughs) maybe leia had like a doctor strange moment (laughs) no i'm dead serious if she if she can encompass the force and can see what's going to happen just like her father did with um padme passing away during the the birth of her right to of leia maybe she saw that poe is someone that needs to be alive and that Someone else need to make that ultimate sacrifice yeah. in order for this to happen. Like, you know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's Doctor Strange, but it kind of reminds me of that. You don't know. We're going to find out in nine, though. We are going to find out. And in- if it's a flop, I'm going to be terribly, terribly mad. Yeah, let's touch on a couple of other quick things from from eight. So what do you think of the return of Yoda as a Force ghost again? See, now, see now this is – see, you're, you're teasing nine a little bit with me because because – in the trailer for nine, we hear the Emperor laugh. Yeah. So if the Emperor's not dead, or if he is, or if he well, does, well, Yoda, be, be does Yoda do that whole like Force Ghost thing and come back to life kind of thing, or like he could fight as a ghost? Like I don't know. Like what? That's like a, does he make an appearance in nine? I don't know. What do you think of what he did in eight? Well, see, well, I'm gonna table the Emperor for a second. He's just you know yeah. all knowing and yeah. like here's another learnable moment, yeah. teachable moment. I, I I don't mind it. I yeah. think it was I think it was cool to have him in the yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I think it was one was like oh it's Yoda like everyone got happy it was him and everything. But you know, I think it was more of a in this movie it was like okay we're gonna teach you a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna drop some knowledge on you. Yeah, yeah that was that was fun. I did like that one. The other thing I wanted to get to. The unceremonious way they completely just off uh, Snoke in the middle of this movie after they spent all of seven <laughs> setting him up as like the baddest thing the universe has ever seen, and he just get and he just gets like basically whacked by Kylo Ren in the middle of Episode Eight, and like that was just like jarring. <laughs> I think, <coughs> excuse me, and I could be overanalyzing this instead of being overly simplistic. I think they had to get rid of Snoke so that Kylo Ren can take over that throne for nine and show his anger and his potential and power. I don't think Snoke was doing him any good. Yeah. You don't really see Snoke train him. You don't really – it's just like kind of belittling him. Yeah. And it was just kind of like the the spoiled child not getting what he wants and goes on a rampage. And, I mean, obviously they – not like this, but like it, it, he just, you know, and he finally kills Snoke because he's like, you're not my manager, you know, you're not my supervisor. You ever watch the Archer? Yeah. Yeah. Arya, you're not my supervisor. I just, I think it was finally time to like, it was like a changing of the guard, if you will. I think they just, another one of those had to do it. Yeah. You know, like I just, it, Star Wars has this funny thing where like they need to pack so much into three movies when they probably shouldn't. They should probably make it six movies. Like yeah. Harry Potter did it in eight. Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter is a lot going on, and they did it in eight movies. And again, you can probably say this plot is in Harry Potter. You can do it. You can say whatever you want about Harry Potter, but you're packing years of conflict and 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 stuff that needs to get done in six hours. Yeah. And ironically, it's, episode- it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You're gonna have plot holes. You're gonna have. Um, you know, you're gonna have things where that that don't make sense. And even it's not a plot; it's just like this random person was in here. Four, five, and six worked because George Lucas knew he was gonna release a prequel. 
to explain what happened before 4, 5, and 6 happened. I don't think 7, 8, and 9 were made to be a prequel to 10, 11, and 12. I don't think there is 10, 11, and 12. I think this is it. I think, no, I think there's a 10, 11, and 12 because I, I my, my friend's a, a big Disney guy, and he was looking at a list of movies, what they're coming out with. And in like 2022, I think episode 10 is coming out. I think. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I could be completely wrong, but for, I think it's for, something in the that they that for, they. From what I've heard, it's a trilogy set in the universe, but it's not the Skywalker saga. It's supposed to be separate from that. Fine, yeah. but again, it's yeah. it. They're he's they're not setting up the movies to set another three movies up, and yeah. this is where the issues come in. That's why the prequel was not as good as everyone wanted it to be, because you had to jam pack six movies into three to make the other three make sense. Yeah. The three made sense because George Lucas was phenomenal at, at directing it. But then George Lucas is like, well, we're going to do another trilogy. Well, we only got, let's say, seven hours to do it. There's a lot we got to explain in seven hours. <laughs> like, there's a lot we got to get done. Now it's like we need to make a full-blown trilogy storyline like four, five, and six, and one, two, three was in three movies. It just – you're going to have it. It's yeah. going to happen. Um, so plot holes or not. Uh, they're yeah. doing the best they can, I think. Yeah, I think other things interesting to note with this movie is the fact that this was not really supposed to be a J.J. Abrams movie. It was supposed to be directed originally oh. by Colin Trevorrow, who backed out of the well, movie. Well, apparently J.J. Abrams got offered all three, and J.J.'s was like, "No, nah, I don't want the second one," or he only went on for one. He only wanted seven. He only wanted one. He wanted. Seven. He got offered the all, the whole trilogy though. Yeah, yeah. And then after he didn't take eight, he was like, "It was the worst mistake of my life. I should have taken eight. And yeah. that's why when he got the opportunity to take nine, he was like, "Yes, I want nine. Yeah. And I honestly think if they would stick. Uh, uh, stay with the same director there might have been a little better continuity and a little bit more like because now Jay, so what happened was the director of 8 had to work with what J.J. Abrams style was and he didn't like cl- now, some of it clearly he started retconning some of it immediately yeah so <laughs> you know then then you're going to go back to 9 where like J.J. Abrams is like well I want to do stuff from 7 but I have to do stuff from 8 and that's where a lot of the complications come in as well yeah, because I feel like for sure the biggest point in this is, is the whole mysterious thing of Ray's origins. Because in seven, they make it out like she's a big deal, and then in eight, Ryan Johnson has Kyle Ren drop like, "Oh, like you're a nobody. Your par- your parents were just like, just like, uh, yeah, the, guy, just like nobodies who just let abandoned you." I think I think Disney should have tried to find someone who was just going to direct yeah. the three movies together. Yeah. I think piecemealing something as big as Star Wars. Mistake. It was a mistake. And usually, films that have sequels or that are, or trilogies and stuff have the same director yeah. or have the same sort of team, like the Russo brothers with the Avengers, the last couple. Right, and I'm and I, I could be wrong, but I think the director of all the Harry Potter movies is the same director for all eight. They they did Harry Potter did change along the way. I think the first two were directed by the same guy, then they started switching after. Three. Oh, they did, they did switch. Okay, so I take it back. So I didn't know that, but but still, there yeah. there has to be some sort of. Maybe creative director that stays around, or someone to say, "Look, this really isn't staying with the continuity of what Seven did, or this isn't really staying with the continuity of what Six did when it came to Seven. So, yeah, and that it, concerns me that we're going to spend time in Nine, like re, re, undoing what some of the stuff that happened. In that's eight. another concern of mine. Are we going to try to fix Eight within Nine instead of just continuing? Yeah, because if you try to do that, you lose at least half the movie. Yeah, because I could definitely see them spending ten minutes saying, "Oh, Kylo was lying about Ray's origins." Yeah, I mean, like it's just. It, they're gonna be like he's a, he's he's part of the the first order. He's lying to you. You're really this. Oh, and then it's just gonna be like okay, now we have two hours to work with this. It, I agree with you 100. It it that's one of the things that makes me feel like it's gonna flop because I feel like J.J. Abrams, he's a great director. I just hope he doesn't try to fix it to his storyline and it's gonna flip flop too much. Yeah, for sure. And I think we've gotten far enough in here. We can talk a little about the episode nine trailer now. So I'm gonna put throw that spoiler warning up again because you've not seen the trailer yet. <laughs> Ah! 
By the way, very ironic, ironic that this podcast spoiler alert sound is the red alert from Star Trek. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> you said that. I'm watching a Snapchat right now yeah. of my friend watching The Mandalorian, <laughs> and it's making me mad because I don't have uh, Disney Plus, and I don't know if I want to spend sixty bucks for the year. Yeah, so like we we'll see. this trailer, a lot of interesting things in this trailer. I mean, so I only saw the first trailer. I haven't yeah. seen the newest one. I don't know if it's different. Yeah. Um. So if you want to explain to me that, yeah, that'd be the great. Stuff, the stuff that interests me in this is obviously the dark ray images, like the images of her with like the dual, like like the I saw the, that the flip, the flip lightsaber. I saw that red lightsaber. I think I don't think that's gonna be. I don't think that's she's the dark side. I feel like she's like one of those. I lost my lightsaber, so I need this one. I, I feel like that's honestly gonna be like a vision, kind of like what happened with Luke that, episode five. That could that could be it too. Like when he when he killed Dar- when he killed Darth Vader in the vision, you saw his face under the mask. I feel mm-hmm. like that could be something similar to that. Yeah. No, that absolutely could be. I don't I don't see Ray. I don't. Do you imagine, like, in 9 they flip-flop? Yeah. That would be so mad. Yeah. You see, you take two movies setting these two up to be like, oh, no, I'm going to be good, Kylo Ren yeah. says, and then Ray's like, I'm yeah. going to be bad yeah. and then because I don't know who I am and, you know, all this stuff. I. Oh, man. I. You know, the first trailer, when they find the Death Star, Yeah. I knew, I knew something was going to happen, like they were going to find, like, Darth Vader maybe still alive or, or, like, Anakin or whatever, but, like, you hear the Emperor laugh. Yeah, that gave me chills. Yeah, it and, gave me chills. And one of the trailer, like other things you did not see in the last trailer, there is an image of like Ray standing in like a ship, like looking at like the throne, and he's sitting in the throne. So like he's not actually dead. Which I mean, technically by comic rules, he's still al- could still be alive because you did not see the body after after well, he gets thrown. What well, I'm saying, you don't see him die. No, you, you just see him fall. You see him get thrown down a shaft by Darth yeah. Vader, and then you just hear him scream, and then that's it. That's it. The yeah. only one you see die is Darth Vader. You see him pass away, and you see Anakin's uh, ghost, and you see- uh, Force ghost with yeah. Yoda and uh, Obi Wan. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what did you think of the choice to bring him back? I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I think it's very interesting because now you have this. First of all, the Emperor's got to be like what a thousand years old at this point, <laughs> right? <clears throat> but where's he now, been all these years? <laughs> you get rid of Snoke. Yeah. Who's the new influencer? Yeah. It's the Emperor. Yeah. And the Emperor was so much better influencing people than Snoke was, because look how many, uh, you know, Sith Lords or whatever you want to call the First Order did Snoke have? One. Yeah. There was only one guy with a red lightsaber, right? Yeah. You had you had Captain Phasma, you had all that, but you had that stuff plus more with the with the the with the I Sith. Mean, yeah. Uh with um Darth Sidious. Yeah. I th- I personally think it opens the doors to maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, a new kind of Darth Maul. Maybe there's other people he's been training. Like, well, you don't know what's been going on in the background. As far as Darth Maul, <laughs> Solo Reveal, he's alive, too. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's the other issue. <laughs> see, that's the other issue, because he was in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, so- Solo, excuse yeah. me, right? So, he... he <laughs> You can't expect Darth Maul to be like, well, I guess everyone's dead, so I'm going to retire yeah. to, like, the Florida planet. Yeah. Right? Like, it, something must be going on the back. Like, I feel like Nine's going to be like, by the way, this while you happen- guys have been doing this, I've made a Sith army bigger than you can think of, and it's yeah. going to be, like, endgame proportions. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I feel like there's something going on in the background that we don't know yet. That directly involves Palpatine. That directly <laughs> involves him. Yeah. I could definitely see them spending like, like that five, was the, five minutes. Like, like the Crash yeah. Death Star is like his base. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they've been there and they, they've been wreaking havoc and like... He's been manipulating things from behind right, the scenes. Right, right. Exactly. And, so, and now that Snoke's dead, he's coming back out. Now that his puppet's gone. 
Listen, all, Darth Maul, all we yeah. see him do is get, what, chopped in half? Yeah. Right? <laughs> they brought Darth Vader back. He was pretty much chopped in half. I yeah. mean, he, he had no legs and no arms. He's he's now a bionic Darth Maul. It yeah. could happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I, yeah, and if you're seeing a dual lightsaber, where the dual lightsaber came from, the only dual Sith lightsaber in the in the in the lore I would assume is is Darth Maul, right? Yeah. Everyone had their own kind of flair to it. Yeah. So I, it's it's, it's a good it's a good take, Mike. It's a yeah. good take. I, I, I I'm gonna be honest, there's so many questions. Yeah. He's the number one question right now, I think, going to who is what he's gonna do. And another one that intrigues me, he's not high on the radar, is uh why now for Lando? Well, I, I think personally they don't have Han Solo. He's dead. Yeah. So now we need someone from the past who's maybe fought against Darth Sidious, knows what's going on with that kind of force. Because all these new guys, they don't, they didn't know what it was like to be the rebellion versus the Imperial Army. It was always the first order, first order. So maybe he comes as a mentor to be like, look, I've, I've, you know, played ball with these guys. It's not the first order. It's worse. You know, like yeah. you know, maybe he comes in as like, y- you need my help here. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Chewbacca kind of gets involved, right? Yeah. Um, can I can I have a not a hot take, but can I like have a like a dream of mine that I would like to see in this movie? Sure. Give me your bold your bold take, real quick. It's not a bold take. I just want this to happen. I want for somehow I want to see Yoda come back at some point and fight the Emperor again, <laughs> like he did in in, in the Senate. Yeah. Right. I, I, in three, I would love to see something like that. Like at the end, he just the Force Ghost comes back and he rematerializes, and then boom. Yeah, he's he's fighting the emperor. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I can't wait for episode nine. Pete, thanks for all the time. Before I before I let you go, before we dive into the actual spoiler of this movie with John Stanko, you want to take a, you want to let people know how to find on social media. Yeah, at PJ Considori twenty nine. That's on Twitter. Do a lot of Ranger stuff, not a lot of Star Wars stuff. Maybe I'll start tweeting about that. I know John Stanko does a lot of movie takes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll throw some hot takes on uh, Twitter. All right. Thanks, Pete, once again. Thank you. It was right. fun. Yeah, this was fun. So now that you got your recap of Episode 8, some of the Star Wars lore, let's dive into the movie now. Right, we're back on the Just and the Suffering podcast. It is time to recap the movie here. Go into the Avenger, not Avenger the game. At least we're going into Avenger the game. We're going into Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Spoilers. Joining me in person today to talk about it is the great John Stanko. John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing all right, Mike. Appreciate the word "great" being put in front of my name. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, one of the most popular guests of all time on this podcast, John Stanko. <laughs> well, I hope I can live up uh, live up to the expectations today. Yeah, I, I swear. I get requests from people to say, "Where is John Stanko? What is John Stanko coming back?" So, John Stanko is here twice a week for you guys. Well, I'm always happy to join you, Mike, whenever you need me. All right. So now that we've gotten this out of the way, we will we're going to sound the spoiler horn. You're about 40 minutes into the podcast. You listen to Pete already, so I'm throwing this up here. Final warning, if you have not seen Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, get out of the building. Go watch the movie if you don't care about being spoiled. If you care about being spoiled. Otherwise, hang around. John and I will spoil it for you. And, John, I'll go to you first. Reaction. Grade the movie. Oh, my God. It's Guys, this movie's really bad. It's really, really bad. 
I mean, I can't, for the sake of Mike's podcast, I will not repeat the first thing I said when I walked out to the parking lot, walking out of the midnight premiere. Um, yeah, check out John Stanko's spoiler-filled, like, instant reaction if you want that. Yeah, that's 20 minutes of me cursing like a tirade just on my way home from the theater. But objectively speaking, just as a movie, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie, Michael Phillips. It is one of the worst screenplays that I have ever – that I have seen put to screen this year. It's just – in the, my quickest summation of it, it is one of the laziest, most unimaginative, and most audience-coddling movie-going experience one could possibly endure. And it, it reeks of Disney's poor planning. And guess what? Their poor planning led to what is the worst story in Star Wars Skywalker Saga. The worst story itself in a single movie. The Rise of Skywalker takes the cake in terms of being the worst of the worst. Really? Worse than Attack of the Clones? It is a worse story than Attack of the Clones. Genuine, just as a story, the thing with Attack of the Clones, you could tell where they were going from beginning to end. Yeah. You knew they had a story and they had a plan. There was no plan in this. There was no story. The Rise of Skywalker is the worst pure screenplay and storytelling of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I gave it a C- minus on my scale. And you know for me, I'm a very easy grader. That's You know if I'm giving it a C-, minus, it's not good. Did I say it was a D? Am I repeating myself again? You, you said D. I said Good, C-. it's a D. Again. I, I said C-. minus. Yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, I was at the movie. I went at 9.45, at 9 o'clock on Thursday. And I knew it was going to be a bad movie. I had a sign. Like, the first 15 minutes in our theater, the dialogue speakers were broken. I couldn't really hear anything. Oh, no. Yeah, so, like, we had to start the movie over. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so not good. It was like a sign from the gods, like, this is a bad movie, get out. But I did not listen to it. So, no. I, I was one point, I was with my friend Anthony Calvi, and we were just he's, we were just looking, looking at each other at one point. We were just sitting there going, what the hell's going on out here? Right? Exactly. <laughs> just like that. You don't know what's happening. And, like, it, there's the thing, it, like, it's Star Wars, so you expect some crazy stuff to happen, but it just doesn't suck you in enough where you'll buy into the absurd. All of it's absurd. All of it is outrageous. And it just no redeeming quality to the storytelling whatsoever. Yeah, it made no sense whatsoever what's going on with this movie. Because, I mean, I'm watching this. I'm like, what is happening here? It's like a bunch of random events that are just stuck together. You're trying to find things that you want to like, right? Yes. And I think there are certain scenes or just glimpses of moments where I was like, oh, that's cool. That reminds me of the Star Wars I liked. But the way I describe this movie and the way it's cut, it is edited together and the story is told as if you're watching a video game version of its cinematic story on YouTube. So, for instance, if you're playing Jedi The Fallen Order, the new Star Wars game, it's like you're watching the story version of that on YouTube with none of the action cut in. Just different scenes spliced together really fast to try and tell a story that's coherent. But in the end, nothing is coherent about it and it's just an utter disaster. Yeah, I hear that. I talked to some friends who has, who saw the movie on Thursday night. I'll give some shout-outs to some people here. Uh, my friend Nick Frietta, who he of the great Garrett Cole to the Yankees during the winter meetings prediction on the podcast, and he basically said, I, I quote him, the pacing was so bad, and I couldn't believe it made it past like review. It seriously seemed like a fan film, most of it. Yeah, it seemed like it was a fan fiction film, yeah. yeah. It looks, looks like it seemed like somebody on Reddit said, hey, here's my movie. Yeah. Like, Oh my God! There's, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the to the fan to the audience coddling and just appeasing to various fans. That was another huge problem with this movie, because I'm just focused on the story. Because that was frankly the worst part for me. But again, like like he mentioned, the way they address the fans and just the 
the scruffy little nerf herders who hated the last Jedi and the way they tried to appease all those people, it made this made the Rise of Skywalker even worse than it than it already was. Yeah, I hated that well because I feel like the biggest problem with this movie was the fact that they were going so hard to basically say, no, 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 no. Episode eight didn't happen. Here's what you know you want. Here you go. Like, this is a concern that I know you guys on the podcast just listened to it, but this is actually something Pete and I discussed, and we just talked about this on the podcast on November 12th. We had this concern. So let's go back to that in a minute. Let's listen to what Pete and I discussed about the redo of episode eight into nine. Yeah, and that concerns me that we're going to spend time in nine, re, like, like re, undoing what some of the stuff happened in That's eight. another concern of mine. Are we going to try to fix eight within nine instead of just continuing? Yeah. Because if you try to do that, you lose at least half the movie. Yeah, because I could definitely see them spending 10 minutes saying, oh, Kylo was lying about Ray's origins. Yeah, I mean, like, it just. It, they're gonna be like he's a, he's he's part of the the first order. He's lying to you. You're really this. Oh, and then this is just gonna be like okay. Now we have two hours to work with this. It, I agree with you 100. It it that's one of the things that makes me feel like it's gonna flop because I feel like J.J. Abrams, he's a great director. I just hope he doesn't try to fix it to his storyline and it's gonna flip flop too much. It's exactly what happened. Literally exactly what happened. Though I mean I think Pete said that they have to redo half the movie. I don't know if that was you or Pete, but frankly they read it all of it. Yeah. Like every single thing from the Last Jedi is turned flipped upside his head for for absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's frust- extremely frustrating just because like why did I waste my time watching that movie? You're gonna completely undo everything. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for that is when Disney itself and Star Wars, the people who run it, I think Catherine Kennedy is the head of Star Wars, right? When they don't respect one of their own episodes, one of their own benchmark movies, when they want to retcon all of it, how is the audience supposed to appreciate the story that you're trying to tell when you don't have any appreciation for it and what it brought to you? You're basically telling the audience, we didn't care for episode eight. You forget it. Here's episode nine. Here's what you want. The audience is not stupid, and they can realize when you're doing that. They, they don't give the audience any credit. That's another huge part of this movie I didn't like is the amount of exposition that they try and put in, explaining everything. Again, treating the audience like they're a bunch of kids. Um, and I get the fact that Star Wars, for young kids now, this is going to be their original trilogy. This is going to be what they love. But the thing is, I think what Disney tried to do is they tried to appease all the masses. They couldn't do it. Then they went back to what they know best in the fan consolation with this side. But you pissed off everybody else before it. So... It's, it's really – it's a delicate balance because you want the young ones to love Star Wars as much as the older generation did, but they couldn't find that balance. And I don't know if it shows a, a maturity amongst the people who watch the younger Star Wars coming to the old coming to the new ones now, realizing that their tastes have changed, or if it's Star Wars so blatantly ruining the end of this last trilogy and the, and the Rise of Skywalker being the worst told story. There's so many different things that could possibly go wrong that we could spend hours discussing just within Disney and Star Wars higher-ups themselves. Yes, and Pete made this point also, and not pulled the clip this, but he made a great point that, like, one of the big problems he has is this whole idea that Disney sort of, you know, didn't put somebody on as sort of like an old creative, like, director oversee all these things. Yes, you know, why did that not plan out the entire, this entire trilogy out before the first movie was put out? Yeah. Why not have a story that you know is going to span three movies? Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It is plain stupidity on their part. Horrendous lack of planning. Yeah, For like, the, literally the most popular entertainment company in the universe. And they could not plan three movies together with the most with their most popular cultural icon of a franchise. It is blatantly outrageous. Yeah, and people, I'm angry, Mike. I know you're angry. I'm angry too. I mean, this was not. I mean, this isn't like they had JJ for two movies. The original plan was to have three different directors for three different movies. Like, but you can you can do that if you have a story that you know you want to carry throughout all three of them. Somebody overseeing it too. Yes. Saying like saying like, hey, like director, like for nine, you can't undo what happened in eight because that's part of the story. Yes. 
Yes, I, I agree with you. I, they needed a Kevin Feige. Listen, you know I'm not the biggest Marvel guy, but the thing is you can't deny Kevin Feige steered the whole entire ship in a proper direction where almost everyone was happy with it at the end. Yeah, Nothing yeah. like that in Star Wars. Yeah, you can't. It's not like in, in the Marvel movies. You're not going to see Peyton Reese saying, nah, 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 Ant-Man's not going to do this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They bought into what the other movies did and brought in, the, brought in the good aspects of it into the later movies. Like, Ant-Man was funny. Paul Rudd's character, a funny dude. And guess what? They inserted his comedy into Endgame. In my opinion, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man was the best part of Endgame because of that comedy that came with his original movies. Yeah. And nothing like that in Star Wars. No homages, no respect for The Last Jedi in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and let's start looking <sighs> at some specific plot problems because the pacing, like, we'll start with one thing I think is the pacing. I think was a huge, huge problem because I felt like I had, like, total whiplash because, like, you're basically like, wait, what? What's happening? What's happening? Like, I'm going here, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, like, quick expedition, like, quick action scenes. Like, you had no time to breathe on anything. No, it reminded me, honestly, this is a horrendous comparison for The Rise of Skywalker, but it reminded me of the frantic pace of Six Underground, the new Michael Bay movie on yeah. Netflix, where everything is happening so fast, and you're like, where are we now? What time frame is it? What is this? I'm very confused. But the thing with Michael Bay, at least, to his credit, he never makes the plots really dense. He's pretty straightforward of, hey, this is action blowing up. The problem with The Rise of Skywalker is it had that same quick pace while also trying to throw in the most over over confusing not over confusing just blatantly confusing single movie plot in the is this entire new trilogy they inserted that into what's also the worst edited movie of the franchise and worst paced so it was double problems adding into a whole big mess yeah another one i'll throw out to pete pete said he felt like you know like with some of these like feel like they try to tell three different stories in one movie which three different movies are like a trilogy worth of stories in one movie that's the thing i think if this was the original idea for the trilogy I think you could have drawn this out into three different movies and made it interesting. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. If you brought Palpatine back for The Force Awakens and just completely, I mean, we're redoing the whole entire trilogy now, but if you, like, hinted at him a little bit, brought him back in the second one, and then made had the big finale here in the third one, yeah, some Star Wars fans would say, hey, that's too much like the original trilogy where you had the hinting of it and then the Empire appear and then the Emperor appear and then the sixth one he's defeated and then and the last one he's defeated. But the thing is that formula works. They Instead, they just tried to force it all into this last one, The Rise of Skywalker, and it all fell flat in his face. Yeah, and let's go to the Palpatine part next because, I mean, like, that's sort of, I think, one of the more controversial aspects of this movie, aside from the race stuff we'll get, to, we'll get to. But Palpatine coming back, they clearly did not plan this in 7 and 8, and then they sort of retconned it immediately in the beginning of 9. Basically, he's hiding out on this planet Exegol, which is a Sith world in the unknown regions, and he's basically be alive somehow by machine. We never find out how he came back from the dead. Which I see. I, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need that explained. That I was fine with. Sometimes Star Wars need to just expand your imagination. It's science fiction. It's fantasy. Oh, my God. How did he survive this? I'm okay with that. The Force is magical. I get it. Okay, the Force is magical. Then they say all stuff like, oh, like, I made Snoke. Snoke was my thing. You, yeah. you, I used him to control you. And, and he's in this planet with another plot-killing plot hole, which Pete nailed in our preview section of the podcast. Let's go back to that a minute. Something must be going on the back. Like, I feel like Nine's going to be like, by the way, this while you happening. guys have been doing this, I've made a Sith army bigger than you can think of, and it's yeah. going to be like endgame proportions. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I feel like there's something going on in the background that we don't know yet. That directly involves Palpatine. That directly <laughs> involves him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get a fleet of Sith Star Destroyers, basically all with Death Star lasers. Yeah, it's this is the part where I mentioned right at the upfront, Mike, how this is one of the laziest piece of storytelling I've ever seen. This introduction of Palpatine, an introduction of a horrendous first order, the final order fleet, he calls it, right? Yeah. That is some of the laziest storytelling I've ever seen. Because 
it automatically created a big bad guy that wasn't there before, and it's such a cop-out. This is what I knew immediately from the get-go that they were going to completely retcon and ignore The Last Jedi is because in The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, the story he told created a gray area within the Star Wars saga of you didn't know necessarily who was good and evil. There was a little bit of wiggle room between about who's going to go to what side. It made things interesting. This here, the start of The Rise of Skywalker, immediately made it black and white again. Immediately made it good and evil and just destroyed The Last Jedi. And immediately from the get-go, I was worried about it. And that's why it's so, so lazy. J.J. Abrams and the writing crew went back to what audiences expected and what they could simply understand rather than trying to tell a story that would make you think and that would engage you. Yeah, the Palpatine problem, I mean, he was very, like, cartoonish, I swear, like, the way he was at this point. Because, like, in the previous films, he was very menacing, and, like, now he's not, and... Nick and Nick Friday again, another great quote from him. He said, the emperor scene seems like I was watching a YouTube video. Yeah, it, again, it seemed like there was just a big bad guy in a video game who you face off with in the final battle and you only get glimpses of throughout the whole entire video game when you're playing. Again, the way this movie was paced and edited together and put together reminded me of like a video game with action scenes spurted in to keep your attention. Yeah, let's stick with the bad guys for a minute. What do you think about what they did with Kylo Ren here? I think the... I think the acting of Adam Driver, which was genuinely very good in The Last Jedi, you can't deny it. His character was completely bef- completely torn down to a simplistic version of itself with this story because the amount of flip-flopping that he does in the story of good versus evil, and then he has this magical meeting with Han Solo, but it's only a memory, but it's just there. It's blatantly there for the fans can go, oh my god, it's Harrison Ford and Han Solo again. That's why it's there. There's no other reason for it. Have him discover it himself. Have him have a journey of self-discovery within himself just thinking about it. Let him do the acting for it. Let him do facial expressions, which can show you his change of character and his change of motivation. He's a good enough actor to do it. Instead, you throw in just a fan consolating cameo from Harrison Ford and, and and Han Solo to just, again, give simple exposition to an audience that doesn't want to think. Yeah, the Han Solo thing was kicked completely out of left field. because you're Completely like, out of left field. Yeah, and like... And in no place. Yeah, and not only that, they like copied the dialogue word for word from the scene in The Last... and in, in, in The Force Awakens yes. when, when you kill him. And again, it, I think bringing Harrison Ford like that, bringing Han Solo back, takes away from the death of The Force Awakens when you know that there's going to be a reconciliation between the two of them in, in a, a couple movies later. It takes away from the general... From the... Shock. Yeah, from the shock and the general... Like, the overall evilness of him actually killing his father. It takes that away. When you rewatch these movies through, you now know, oh, uh, well, he feels bad for it later, so it's not as evil. Yeah, like, in the moment, that was the biggest shocker of The Force Awakens. Cause he, yeah. Yeah, because you think, like, oh, it's saying a reconciliation, and nope kills his father in cold blood, and then you realize this dude's a bad dude. Yeah, again, I just I, Kylo Ren's character was completely and utterly just taken down to pieces, and he didn't have a chance to shine with his acting ability and the story that was told about him. Um, it, again, super, super simple. Again, it's the idea of somebody saving themselves with a proper decision. Uh, and then he freaking kisses freaking Ray at the end. Of, I hated that. Oh, my God. The amount this, again, I think this is just blatant fan coddling. Because, ev- yeah, everyone's freaking, they're... Shipping them. Yeah, they're shipping them. Exactly. That's the phrasing. I'm so angry. I'm losing yeah. my words. But, again, they were shipping Kylo and Ray, and then J.J. Abrams and the storytellers were like, yep, all right, we'll give it to you. Here's a kiss. Like, it's just so stupid. It, it was as bad as the kiss between Rose and Finn at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, well, the Rose and the Finn one, I, I will say, at least it was more earned because they spent the entire movie together, like, going with this. Like, this I, was just came out of left field. Yeah, I mean, the th- I don't know if it was more earned. I really hated the kiss between Rose and Finn. I really, really hated it. 
I hate the idea of a last kiss in an action battle scene where things are blowing up around you, yeah. uh, which was The Last Jedi. Um, at least in The Rise of Skywalker, it's only those two. But again, it didn't. It wasn't built up too well enough. And that idea of fan service, there was no build up to it, and you didn't buy into it because everything was so bad surrounding it. Such lazy writing, too. Because I mean, so lazy! Because I mean, like... I mean, has they never considered the fact that maybe like they can be bonded as like really close friends of like it's a shared experience together? It does not yeah. have to be romantic. No, it doesn't need to be romantic, and it's you don't need to have romance in order to rebuild a relationship, like you said. Just bad story writing, bad bad storytelling. Yeah, it was really bad storytelling. And another thing I thought was really bad storytelling, I think, was I did not like the way they handled the, the digital reinsertion of Carrie Fisher as Leia into this storyline. She was bad in this movie. Or I don't know. I don't you know. Can't if it say was, she was bad. They no, were bad. They were bad. They were bad with her. Leia served no purpose in this movie. She was like a robot. She was yeah. there strictly because they they felt like they needed her in the story. And again, they could have solved all this by having her die in the Last Jedi rather than being able to save herself by floating off into space and being able to somehow survive a rocket to the hull of a spaceship. That's a podcast for a different day. Yeah. But again, they inserted her into this movie, and she was really, really bad. And her death, I felt nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. That bothered me to no end, too, because they basically hinted that throughout this thing, oh, like, she's as strong as Luke in the Force, and last That's movie— the thing. She wasn't, though. She yeah. never was as strong as Luke in the Force. Why are they making her as strong now? She was never that strong. Yeah. And I hated how they made her do Jedi training out on the temple with Luke. That you Again, I think the reason I liked Leia in the original trilogy and kind of also in The Force Awakens is she didn't need to know, like, the ways of the Jedi and the ways of, like, lightsaber fighting to know how to use the Force in her own way. It's like the idea of using the Force is not exclusive to just the Jedi. Yeah. But in this one, they made it seem like that way again, where it's either you have the Force, you have a Jedi. That is the rule. Yeah. That makes—yeah, that drove me crazy. And, like, if you're—the thing it probably is this. is like, there's two things here. It's like— if you want to say she's not as powerful as Luke, fine. Having her die the way she does is okay. Because like, but when you're showing her being nearly on par as Luke, Luke dies basically projecting himself across the across galaxy. the galaxy. Yeah, and she dies by by talking to Kylo Ren through the Force. Through the Force, it's again, it's it made no sense. No, made no sense. Again, you try and find a reasoning for it, but sometimes there just is none. That's the problem. That's what's so disheartening. There is none. You can't even rationale a reason for it. No, it's like we had to get her in the movie because we 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 had a big role planned for her in nine because originally nine was supposed to be the Leia movie. Like eight was the Luke movie and seven was the Han movie. It was supposed to be her. Then she she died. They couldn't they couldn't change the script because they said you know we have to include her. We have to kill her off because she's not going to be the end of the movie. So this is how we're going to do it. She was really bad. Her her character was really bad. Leia Skywalker was was detrimental to the rise of Skywalker. Again, no no disrespect to the late Carrie Fisher. This is entirely no, creative. No, it's her character was yeah. was really bad. They, they mishandled it completely. 100%. Yeah, speaking of mishandling things, like, I mean, the, we brought up the force issues here. I mean, like, how insane is it, you think, these, these random force powers just popping up in this movie that we never had any context for in this series? Like, like Kylo Ren getting a lightsaber passed to him through the force by Rey, or the force healing, or fighting in different rooms and having the force basically just knock down a, a statue. Like, that just is, like, really, like, lazy to me. It is lazy, but here, here is something that I, I myself struggle with because the, when you think back to the Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5, we didn't know that Luke could pick up a lightsaber with the force. That was yeah. the first time we saw that. So reintroducing aspects of the force are okay. And I'm, again, like, in The Last Jedi, I didn't mind the fact that Rhea and Kylo could talk to each other through the force. I didn't mind that. What I did mind, I minded the Leia being able to fight through space after being exploded by a rocket. Carrie Poppins. I hated that. Oh, my God. Good. I like that, Carrie Poppins. Yeah. But again, so it's like you have to have that balance of what's too much. I do think that this strayed too much. I will say, though, with the 
Again, if you watch The Mandalorian, I think you bought into the healing thing more in The Rise of Skywalker because they did that in The Mandalorian. They had Yoda heal. Baby Yoda. They had Baby Yoda heal. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. I should distinguish. They had Baby Yoda heal in that Mandalorian episode, which came out the Wednesday before The Rise of Skywalker was released. So yeah. as absurd as the healing thing is, you bought into it a little bit more just because of The Mandalorian hinted at it two, a day prior to the release of this movie. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So, again, I don't necessarily love that idea, but at least they gave you something where a little bit of a hint to it if you watch The Mandalorian where you buy into it. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the force fighting in between the two different places. Can you imagine them? It's like, so Kylo Ren is in the snowy town, right? Yeah. And you got... Uh, right you got Ray on the spaceship, and they're just flailing lightsabers at each other, like yeah. in the middle. Of, like that, that's weird. Yeah, it looks weird. It looked like imagining that is weird. And what happens if they struck one another? Like yeah. that, that also confused me. What would happen there? Yeah. Um, and I don't. Again, I don't mind the the fourth the passing of the lightsaber from Ray to Kylo. Um, right, that's what happened. Yeah. Again, I don't think it makes much sense being able to fat. I mean, then why can't the Jedi do this all the time? Just instead of Amazon shipping, just like transport just transport stuff all the yeah. time. But that was one of actually the cooler moments in the movie, so I kind of bought into it when they were. I kind of liked that action scene when he fought the the Knights of Ren, so I bought into it a little bit more. The biggest thing for me um, was really that that fight scene uh, on the spaceship, and then they're they're just slashing it at air, and then they destroy the the pedestal for Darth Vader's mask. It seemed like a very symbolic moment that we were expecting, and instead you're picturing two people fighting in an empty space against one another. That was the biggest aspect of the Force I didn't like. Yeah, that was definitely an issue I had with that. Was just the random force powers pop up out of nowhere. And you brought up the Knights of Ren real quick. Why even bother with them? They were completely faceless, useless people with no lines of dialogue, no lightsabers. They're just there just to, just, again, just explain away, oh, we said the Knights of Ren. We have to show who they are. Yeah, I would agree. I, they weren't they weren't done well. Um, I do think that they looked kind of cool, and I like the idea of just a hitman squad yeah. led by the Supreme Leader. I kind of like the idea of it. It wasn't up to full execution. I don't think you need dialogue when we have super uh, threatening people like that. The thing is, I don't think they had a scene where they truly showed how dangerous they were prior to that final confrontation with Kylo. And then, frankly, Kylo just took him down, and there was no competition for it. So I think they needed kind of a table setter being like, hey, these are the Knights of Ren. They kick some ass. You better watch out for them. There was no scene like that that made you scared of them, and that's why they really fell flat on their face. Yeah, absolutely. Another First Order problem that I had. Guys, there's a lot of problems in The yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. this is the all. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> all problems we're going to be talking about today. It's really all problems. Yeah. There's very, very few good things. Yeah, and another one. Where did they get this idea that General Hux is a mole? I think they just did this blatant layoff of the last movie, right? Yeah. When Kylo Ren just yelled at him and General Hux got angry at him. Yeah. That's basically what they did. Yeah. I, I, again, I think a lazy storytelling of, hey, who's a character that could be easily flipped? Hey, General Hux. And then the thing is they made the reveal of him being the spy, which should have been like, a, oh, my God, who is the spy? They were trying to figure out who it was. And they said it was a comedy thing, being like, oh, no, I'm the spy. Yeah. I, I, did, I don't like the comedy aspect of that reveal. should have been a big moment. Um. Yeah. Gen again, lazy storytelling. Yeah, the the reveals in this movie were just were just so fast, and so blatant. They gave you no time to marinate on anything. No, so this is actually I'm gonna get into a fairly larger point here. So allow me to, to stand on my soapbox for just a second, Mike. All right, I'll I'll, I'll look up at you at the soapbox. One of the biggest problems I had with the Rise of Skywalker is it didn't let you marinate in the Star Wars universe, and by that I mean there was no scene setting, atmospheric shots. There was kind of no just flying through space to get from planet to planet. There was no traversing through the desert very slowly. I 
See, for, so, for example, in A New Hope, we spend two minutes of just R2-D2 and C-3PO traversing through Tatooine, and you get the sense it's a desolate planet with almost no life on it. It sets that scene for you. When you get to Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back, Luke is wandering around in a swampy forest, has no idea where he is, and he's lost. You get the sense of that environment. Nothing of that in The Rise of Skywalker. It did not let you marinate in the environment and the atmosphere of Star Wars. What what should have happened was that The Rise of Skywalker should have taken some tones from The Mandalorian, which is good Star Wars. Everyone go watch that on Disney+, Plus because The Mandalorian excels at putting people in the environment and the atmosphere of Star Wars and not focusing on the characters as much and focusing on the whole entity of the product. This, The Rise of Skywalker, did not do that at all. Yes, it did not, and there's a lot of issues with that. And another one I want to point out, like, first, like Hux is the mole I want to throw out there is, like, Again, not earned, and they set it up early in the movie, and then to have it just be a two-second comic bit, and then he's dead two, two minutes Boom, later. Literally dead two minutes later. It's like, he's not even like he could continue helping him. He's just dead immediately. Yep. It's like, that's like, it's just so lazy. It's like, they couldn't figure, like, the fact that he figured it out that fast, he's either A, Hux is a complete idiot, or B, the writers had no idea of how, what they should do afterwards. Yeah, they had no idea how to, how to tie the end, right? They had no idea how to, how to tie that story in, and so they killed him. It's like you couldn't buy it was implausible. But somehow they got out of the prison and injured Hux on the way out. Yeah, it's again lazy storytelling. Yeah. You try and find a rationale for it, and sometimes there just is none when it's not done well. Yeah, I'm saving Ray for the end because Ray is the biggest I think issue with the movie. I think aside from the pacing and that, and that stuff, but we'll go a couple other random things. Uh, we'll go to C3PO. What do you think of his role in this movie? Is it bad that C3PO is probably the highlight of the movie for me? I'm right there with you. I like C-3PO the best. Yeah, C-3PO in this movie reminded me of the original trilogy when he was quirky and funny and had some one-liners that, that made you laugh. And he was getting yelled at by characters like Han Solo used to, used to yell at him at the original trilogy. Yeah. He was the best part of this movie. And after all the trailers and the previews, I really – I was scared for his reprogramming scene when his memory would be erased. Um, but to be honest with you, that scene kind of worked. That scene worked one of the better scenes in the whole entire movie. So credit to Anthony Daniels, the C actor for C-3PO. He did a really good job. C-3PO might be the best character in this movie, might be the highlight of it, which says a lot about the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I, I love that scene where he like basically says goodbye to everybody. I'm like, this is such an awesome scene. Yeah, I bought into that more emotionally than anything else. And then, again... Retcon 20 minutes later, R2-D was a backup of him. Yes, it undoes, again. It, it undoes the sacrifice. Again, it undoes the sacrifice. It, uh, it does undo it. That is that is a bit of a problem. But I think I'm, I think I'm willing to overlook it so much because they actually did do his farewell, quote-unquote, very well. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was great because like then like you had this creepiness with the red eyes when he's telling you the, the Sith code. And then you had the funniness of him introducing himself and be like, like, talk about how Babu Frick is his oldest and dearest friend that was hysterical. Yeah, like, Babu Frick, I thought also Babu Frick was very good. I yeah. enjoyed his character as well, the little yeah. appearance he has. Yeah, the, uh, when, at the theater I was in, every time Babu Frick talked, the audience was just bursting out laughing. Yeah, the, yeah, he was pretty good, too. Yeah. So, I, it's really sad that C-3PO and Babu Frick are two of the, they're basically the only two bright, spot yeah. we, bright spots we've had in this movie thus far. Yeah, I will go out on a limb here. They're the MVPs of this movie, C-3PO and Babu Frick. Yeah, I would... Yeah, I would say C-3PO definitely. I think he he's definitely the highlight character from this movie I'm going to remember most. Yeah. Another thing that they did, they could have done it well, but they immediately retconned it, the death of Chewie. This was one of the biggest problems for me, and it came right after a moment I actually liked. Kylo Ren and Rey are battling in the desert, right? Yeah. They're doing the force battle. Rey has force come out of her fingertips, which I thought was force cool. Yeah. yeah, force lighting from a good guy? Oh, my God, didn't know that was possible. 
Really cool. Are they addressing a gray area where she might, where she might have some dark side in her, some secret dark side that allows for the force lightning? Love the idea of the concept. However, when the ship blew up and it cut directly to Ray talking to Finn about it and feeling bad, I immediately knew Chewie's not dead. Yeah. This is just, there was no time to breathe. Again, it, the story didn't allow you to marinate in Star Wars at all. It didn't allow you to kind of sit with the emotions of the characters, immediately cut to a cutscene with some dialogue that made you realize, oh no, Ray is good, don't worry. Yeah. Immediately made you know that Chewie was not dead. Yeah, that was my big problem. It's like, number one, I like the idea of like having, like, not, as much as I love Chewie, like, the idea of him dying randomly because of because Ray did something accidentally would have added a layer of that character that was great. Yes, it would have added some confliction and some yeah. gray area. Yeah, it would have added gray area. And if you're gonna do the bait and switch, can you not wait thirty more than thirty seconds to tell us he's not dead? Yeah. It's, again, yeah, I agree with you. No, like, yeah. It's Ugh. like it's like wouldn't it be great if instead of having them tell you immediately, then like cut that scene out and then we get to about like 15 minutes later and we get to the ship to, to the ship and she's like wait a minute I said it's Chewie yeah exactly that would be so much such a better way to do it than what they did again so you look for reasoning and sometimes there just is none it, it there was no punch to it at all the way I describe it is this movie went for a lot of knockout punches to try and make you feel stuff but instead it was a lot of shadow boxing where you don't even flinch once yeah it's like a series of random events that are coming together in my opinion yeah yeah, that like that is a big issue to me. It's like I felt like they just were so so scared what happened in episode eight with the audience reaction. They're like, no, 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 it's okay. We didn't kill him. We didn't kill him. He's still alive. Guys, calm down. Like, sometimes people and characters need to die for you to feel something. It's okay to have that happen. Yeah, that's a that's one plot hole. The other another plot hole. The way they took Rose completely out of this movie was the most ridiculous excuse I've ever heard. I mean, and Finn asked her again. It's like, hey, you want to come? It's like. I can't. My easy to study old Star Destroyer specs here. I mean, come on. I mean, it was a really stupid excuse. I don't like the character Rose, so I was happy she was not in the story, to be honest with you. But I will agree with you. It was a ridiculous piece of dialogue that they just put in to throw her away from the main story. Yeah, because they're like, we know this character is hated. We're not going to put her in the story. We'll have a dumbass reason to put her here. Yep. Move her on the base. Again, I agree with you. I'm, personally, I was okay with it. I really don't like Rose. Didn't like her in The Last Jedi at all. But... I will I, I will agree with you that the way they did it was so ham-handed. It was absurd. Yeah, that's another plot hole. Third plot hole I want to get to. How is it possible that Lando Calrissian, in the span of about three hours, took the Millennium Falcon around the galaxy and came back with an armada big enough to take on the entire Sith fleet? Again, that's a great... It's Honestly, the way this scene reminded me of Avengers Endgame when everyone yeah. just came out of the portals all at the same time at a magical thing. Here's everybody to save the day! Yeah. Oh, it's just... Again, I agree with you on that. It's a plot hole. Again, they tried for a knockout punch, but there's so much absurdity to it. You're just like, this makes no sense. Yeah. It's, again, Lando Calrissian in this movie, again, I think for fan service, he really, he didn't serve a purpose for me. This movie would have been just the same without him in it. Yeah. It would have been the same without him in it. He was just there because the fans say, where's Lando? We didn't see Lando in a seven or eight. Yeah, again, and I think they, they had that conversation between uh, Poe and Lando and Poe asking for advice, like like trying to establish that connection between Lando and Han and have the audience kind of connected to again. But again, that conversation completely fell flat because it was so obvious what the intention was. Yeah, it's completely intention that they wanted to make Poe Han Solo 2.0. I mean, they even said like, oh, he was a spice, a spice yeah. smuggler. There's no subtlety at all no. to this story. None. It's like literally a direct reference to Solo with like that and like his his random girlfriend, like former girlfriend who was on that planet, who's Carrie Russell wearing a mask. Yeah, it. Ugh. <laughs>
Yeah, that's that's I guys. I've it. sunken so far in my chair out of just despair. I'm now staring up at Mike. I just want to lay yeah. on the floor yeah. and wallow in the pity of the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Another thing I noticed that I feel like it was a direct response to the criticism of episode eight was at me in the beginning. We're all going together on this voyage because friends stay together forever. Mm-hmm. And that was like, to me, it's so forced. It's like, yeah, well, Ray is set. Like, because I was one of the common criticisms of the last one. He's like, you know, like, Ray's doing her own thing. Poe's doing his own thing. Finn's doing his own thing. They're never together. We're going to throw them together about half the movie. Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. But, I mean, to be, to be fair to the actors, they worked really well with each other. Yeah. I like... That is why, like, The Rise of Skywalker is not as bad as Attack of the Clones because the acting is actually good. They have talented people in these roles. They just give them a bad story. They just give them a really, really bad story to work with. So the actors are trying to make something happen with with no magic at all. Yeah. Another issue I will throw out there in terms of whatever. I mean, like, this is all issues at this point. We have not said. We yeah, said I want to ask you at least one positive thing. At least I liked the Ray of Force Lightning scene. I thought that was a cool moment. Yeah. I'll Do you have a cool moment that you thought that you actually liked? It's, I'm trying to think of what my moment that I like was. <laughs> it's really bad. Your C generous grade seems very, very generous. C minus grade because like C minus grade. Sorry, C minus. Because like there were things I enjoyed in it. I thought the action was cool, even though it was like sort of like like a little slapdash thrown together. I liked at the end. I liked the I liked the showdown with the emperor. I did I did think that was pretty pretty interesting. I did not like that, so I will disagree with you on that. The, and C-3PO and Babu Frick, obviously the highlights of the movie. All right, right? we both agree. We agree C-3PO and Babu Frick were good. I forgot about it. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You just say you like C-3PO. He was the MVP of the movie for you. He was the MVP of the movie. And another thing I felt like they threw in for the PC police, the random same-sex kiss at the end oh of the movie. Oh, my God, thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> no I literally com- said, what the F in the movie theater <laughs> when it happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. It's literally just... They wanted to, there's no hint that those characters were same sex, and we're not anti this. Like, tell us in the story earlier. Just, that's just thrown in there to say we you did it. You don't need to include it. Just, like, nobody was clamoring for it, were they? No. This felt like a direct reaction to Disney going, uh, having the gay character in Beauty and the Beast. Say, you know, we need a gay moment in Star Wars. Yeah, it's, oh, I, I, I forgot about that. You reminded me of that. That was utterly absurd. Yeah. Oh, good call. That was, I literally said, what the, like, I'm keeping myself clean for your podcast, yeah. but I would literally said that in the movie theater when that happened. Yeah, as, yeah, literally we in the movie theater. We were, I think I my reaction was this. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah. Oh, that's a great, great call. I forgot about that scene, but you're right. Just no context nothing. whatsoever. It's like no hint that those characters were gay. No hint that we were in a relationship with each other. Just like, oh, cool. Same sex, same sex kiss. We won the fight. Yeah. Again, completely. Oh, good, great call. Great yeah. call, Mike. Yeah. Great call. And I also want to point out also, now I think we have to get to Ray finally. Okay, let's get to Ray. We've what waited, what are your thoughts on Ray, Mike? We've waited 36 minutes to get to Ray. 36 minutes of ranting and raving. Yeah, the Ray storytelling, I hated the direction they went with this. And obviously, we'll start off with the big elf in the room. What do you think of them retconning the, your parents and nobody to, all of a sudden, you're a Palpatine. Again, incredibly lazy storytelling. Yeah. There's no other reason for it, just utter... Utter laziness and utter disdain for what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi and the way he told the story. Completely retconning it. It was the biggest slap in the face to Ryan Johnson in that movie. Um, it reminded me a lot of Spectre, the latest James Bond movie, when they all of a sudden made Blofeld, like the stepson of, of James Bond. Nobody was asking for it. We were fine with James Bond not having any great lineage or whatever like that. Again, we were fine with Ray having no parental lineage. Great. Somebody rising up from nothing. It's okay. 
This was haberdashery. It was gross. It was lazy. Face palming. It was stupid. Stupid decision. Yeah, besides the fact that we never got a hint that Palpatine was even considering a family at, at any point in the past. A great call. Again, no context whatsoever. Yeah, we have no idea who the son is and like who the wife was. Like, the wife was yeah, what is that family trait? Yeah. Yeah, all we know is the son is dead because the son got murdered and and, the, and his son's wife got murdered. That's that's one thing. And you're right. It does completely negate the point in episode eight where like you could come from nothing and be a hero. Like we had the scene at the end of the little kid. I'm literally him. holding up a broomstick like it was a lightsaber signifying the fact that you can come up from nothing and be yeah. something. And he, you show, they show him grabbing with the force to think that he actually has force potential in there. But yeah. no, now it's back to you have to be a Skywalker Palpatine solo character to be a force god. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that made so bad. I think the thing that made it worse also was throughout the movie, the constant references like, "What's your last name, Ray?" Yeah, that drove me insane. Like, and then at the end, I'm Ray Skywalker. Like, come on, like, just yeah. Again, let her have a little bit of pride, maybe, and just kind of keep of what she is. Let her be okay with herself. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge issue to me. It's just that, like, the Ray Scott, like, like. Can we not deal with the whole fact that, like, Ray, that, like, we'll say Ray is, like, why can't she just be Ray? Why does she have to? She doesn't have to be anybody. Let her have some confidence in herself. Yeah. As I thought, it completely undid the scene for I get going to Tatooine to end it. I like the symbolism of, you know, burying the Skywalker lightsabers and then raising her own, which is a yellow one, which we've never seen before on screen. But I also, can we get to the fact that I was honest, this was clever. Her, the actor's name is Daisy. Yeah. Yellow. Yeah. Makes sense. A yeah. little bit of clever. I like that. That scene was great. If they just ended it there with her staring out into the suns, like that would, that would have been a great call. I hated, I hated that scene. I like, hated it. Yeah, I, I, If they'd ended there without her insisting on Ray Skywalker with the force ghosts of Luke and Leia watching her, that would, like, that was over, overkill to me. And no, I think that whole entire thing was overkill. Luke staring out into the binary sunset is one of the most iconic Star Wars scenes of all time. For me, it's number yeah. two on my all-time iconic Star Wars scenes list. Check it out stankostance.com. Thank you. Appreciate the plug. Yeah. What they did there was not earned at all. Nothing at all. Also, to speak to the fact, it came at the end of her story pretty much while Luke's came at the beginning. So it doesn't make a lot of sense there. I th I hated that. That's the amount of fan service was so blatant that you have to earn that with a good movie on its own. And it didn't. And the Rise of Skywalker didn't have that. Okay. I'll, I'll, you should remind me of one good thing I remembered about the fan service that I like. That was actually appropriate use of fan service. Okay. Lay it on me. The appearance of Wedge in the battle. Okay, that was good. See, again, I like because it was subtle. It yeah. wasn't obvious, right? You, you have to be paying attention. You have to be it. paying attention to see it. Yes, that's a great point. That was a really, really good job. Yeah, because I noticed it and being like, oh, my God, it's Witch. Yes, and the way he spoke was the same way he spoke in the original trilogy. That's a great call, Mike. That was a good use of subtle fan service. I like that. I also will throw one th another thing out there. Greg Grunberg's character, fantastic comic relief in, uh, in uh, Snap Wexley, when he gives Leia the report. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was funny. He's like, oh, like, she's like, he's like, talking about how bad it is. He's like, how's the positive? He's like, it's great. It, we're going to be, be fine. We'll yeah. be fine. Like, we're going to do, we're going to win. We're great. To be fair, I relate to that a lot because yeah. that's how I deliver bad news. I'm like, oh, we'll be fine. It's okay. Yeah. The world is ending. It's fine. And as a lost fan, I like the fact that Dominic Monaghan was in the cast. He was in it a lot. Yeah. He was like a, he was like a nice, like, they have it. They like to bring the lost actors in because episode seven, they had Ken Leung was like a random like resistance member. This year, it's Donald Monahan. Yeah, I mean, people like Star Wars. They want to be in this movie, but he got a lot of FaceTime. He was very recognizable. Yeah, because I, I me was like, oh, Dominic Monahan's here. Cool. Yeah. Again. So, so I think he might be my third favorite character movie behind C three PO and Bobby Brick. <laughs> <This is> Dominic <laughs> Monahan's random character. <laughs>
it tells you how bad the movie is that Dominic Monaghan just shows up as the third best character in this movie. Yeah, I get, guys, there's not a lot good to say about The Rise of Skywalker. And I think the reason, we haven't even talked about the main characters a lot, like Finn and Poe. Like, we I forget. Think we, I think we said Finn's name maybe twice this Yeah, time, because, like, he's just. Forgettable. Yeah, he's forgettable. And I think what made him forgettable was The Last Jedi. I think that movie really put uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, just. It really destroyed his what the story they could have told from the Force Awakens. The Last Jedi really stripped that down, uh, and I think he paid for it in this movie. But again, like the, like again, we're not even talking about the main characters as the best aspects of this movie at all. It's all the side pieces. Yeah, and another thing I just thought of that got me more infuriated was I feel like having like Rose still hanging around be as Finn's girlfriend and then giving Poe a girlfriend like off off that. I feel like it was a direct response to all the random online shippers are saying that Pitt, that Finn and Poe are like gay lovers. Yeah, I mean, I, the the Poe one I don't mind because the, I I don't mind the idea of like a, a smuggler, if you will, like the kind of the characteristics of Poe having a lot of girlfriends out there. Yeah. I don't necessarily mind that. I actually kind of liked when he kept on asking for a kiss and she was like, no. Yeah. Those parts actually made me chuckle. Like yeah. in the final celebration when he's looking over at her with the mask and he's like giving her the eyes, she's just like, no, yeah. and he walks away. I did kind of like that a little bit. So, so, you, so you found something positive. Again, there are I, there are little moments in this movie that I like, but the overarching umbrella of the whole entire thing is dreadful. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to – let's do some rankings. Let's rank the movie. So if do you want to put Solo and Rogue One or you want to leave them out for now? Let's – you know what? Let's rank them. Let's let's rank them. Let's put them in there. They're, they're some of the newest movies. Maybe we rank all the Skywalker saga movies first, like we rank the nine of them, and then we just kind of say where we'd insert the other ones, if that makes sense. That is fair. So Okay, I'll, we'll do that. Since you're the guest, you'll go first. Give me give me your list. Um, so we're going from top to bottom or bottom to top? We'll go top to bottom. Top to bottom. Uh, the best is Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it is the best made movie of all of them. It also has the best story of all of them, so for sure. So we're going to go episode five. Uh, then we're going to go episode four, uh, A New Hope, or just as originally called, it was just called Star Wars. Um, then we're going to get to episode six. Now I admit episode six upon rewatch is not great. It's not great. Yeah. Um, but again, this is just personal and subjective. I love that movie as a kid. I, it Luke, when he jumped off that ship, flipped up into the air and caught his green lightsaber, right. I was yipping and yapping for joy all over the place in my living room. Were you an Ewok guy? Uh, I was when I was a kid. Yeah. Now growing up, I realized that they made them for toys. Yeah. So I get that. <laughs> um, just going through my list here. So ranking just the Star Wars ones, I would probably put episode oh, – this is tough. This is a tough one for me. I'm guessing it's between 8 and 7. Uh, it's between 7 and 3. Ooh. It's between 7 and 3. I liked Revenge of the Sith a lot, but I'm going to go with The Force Awakens because it recaptured the magic for me really well. Uh, then I'm going to go Revenge of the Sith. Then I'm going to go The Last Jedi, um, which is episode 8. Right? So what do I got left? You have, nine, I have you have nine, one, and two. Nine, one, and two. So what is going to happen? This is going to shock people. This is going to destroy people. I'm going to put The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and then I'm going to put The Rise of Skywalker. And then I'm going to put Attack of the Clones. All right. I'm going to drop this what again. What the hell's going on out here? And then if, if I were to add in where I'd throw the other ones, I would throw Rogue One right behind Episode 6 before Episode 7. I loved Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. The ending to it was absolutely awesome. Uh, so I would throw that there. And then Solo, I would probably throw um, after Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Now, with that being said, 
I think the biggest winner from The Rise of Skywalker for me is Episode 8, The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. Yeah. It made me appreciate that movie so much more. And I have a friend, he brought this up months ago. And now I buy into it even more uh, than I, than I kind of did then, that The Last Jedi is going to grow in terms of appreciation as the years go on. Yeah. And I'm hopping on that bandwagon right now because The Last Jedi took a lot of chances. And guess what? With how bad they paid off in The Rise of Skywalker and the choices they made, The Last Jedi is going to rise in people's rankings. Yeah, I made this comparison at the beginning of this podcast. At Pete. I, the comparison I made is this. is I feel like it's very similar to the Star Trek Into Darkness thing where great movie. The fan base hated it. And then they went a completely different direction with the next movie. They went to Star Trek Beyond, which was, I think, one of the blandest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like... The safest of safe of safe movies because, like, you had a little fun thing, nothing, no chances, no risk. They basically gave you exactly what the Star Trek fans wanted, and it made no money, and then the franchise is dead. Yep, I, I agree with you. Uh, I thought Into Darkness was by far the best of that trilogy, not I even love, close. I love that. Yeah. Um, so just to quickly recap, going through all the Star Wars movies, it's Episode Five: uh, Empire Strikes Back's the best. Then we go A New Hope. We go The Return of the Jedi. We go Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith. The Last Jedi, Solo, Phantom Menace, The Rise of Skywalker, and Attack of the Clones is the worst because Hayden Christensen's acting is some of the worst I have ever seen. Okay. Ever. Right. And also the script in that movie. So bad. All right. You want my list? Yes. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. So we agree on the top two. I have Empire number one and A New Hope number two. Okay. I went Force Awakens number three. And I think it's obviously the best of this trilogy, I think, by far. Okay. I think it's a good, complete storytelling. I love the Han Solo arc in that movie. And you could tell Harrison Ford loved to be there in that movie. Was, I could tell he was checked out in six. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And he was, and here he was like engaged because probably because they, they were killing him off finally. So. Yeah, he had an ending. Yeah. He was like, oh, great. They're going to kill me off. I'll give, my, I'll give my all now. Guess so. what? He came back for episode nine. Yeah. Money talks. Okay. And ne next would be I have The Last Jedi at number four in the Skywalker Saga rankings because I liked that movie a lot. I saw it three times in theaters. I was oh, a, wow. I was a big fan of that movie. I okay. liked the choice they made in it. I, then I have Return of the Jedi because I think I it has problems for me. I think the Han Solo not being, like Harrison Ford not really carrying drags down a bit for me and the Ewoks obviously take it down. Yeah. I have the Rise of Skywalker here above all three prequels. Wow. Because yeah, I, 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 I obviously don't agree with you. I know you don't agree with me, but like, there was enough here that the peak, the prequels were a hot mess. They were a complete hot but mess. But the prequels at least had a story that they knew they wanted to tell. They told it badly. <laughs> it doesn't, I, they told I'm okay with the badly. story being told badly if you have a story that you're convicted to. Yeah. I'm okay if you're telling a story around a campfire and you don't tell it great, but yeah. I could tell that you have uh, some earnestness yeah. in, yeah. in the telling of yeah. the story. It, it basically was jockeying with Revenge of the Sith. Those are the two I was sitting between. And like the issue with me is that they were just. The like the the plot holes with George Lucas being there completely through that trilogy made it worse to me. Okay, all right. That, I because obviously I, I, we disagree, but I I could definitely see your reasoning. Because I, like I this is JJ it. trying to fix Ryan Johnson's problems. It's a different set of issues, but they like that the George is there one, two, and three, and could not land three properly. That a zillion plot holes. The problem to me. Okay, all right. I had three. Yep. Then one. Okay. Then two. So we both agree that, that Attack of the Clones is the worst movie. Attack of the Clones is the worst movie. And for my rankings of the other two. Rogue One is actually number three on the overall list right behind the first two, the five, four, five and four. Mm -hmm. That's all the way up there, number three. And I put Solo ahead of Rise of Skywalker. Solo ahead of the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. So it's number seven overall. I have Rise of Skywalker eight overall for all 11 films. Okay. All, all right. right. I mean, I don't think we differ too, too, too much 
Um, so the middle is kind of where we differ. The middle is where we differ. The top is where we're the same. But none of us, we don't disagree in terms of more than two spots on either of them. Yeah, so it's a bit just a good, like a pretty safe, like, range, like, like balance there. Yeah. You want to take, take a few minutes to discuss the future of the franchise? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we'll do it quickly because there's a couple of things. Not, it's not going to be as long as this conversation was, but. No, no. Yeah, so take a quick break. And we will be continue with a look at the franchise's future after this. We are back here on the podcast with John Stanko. Just listen to the theme song of The Mandalorian. I think it's some of the best music in Star Wars history. It is really, really good. You saw me. I was bopping my head to him. Yeah. Like I was bopping my head. Yeah, I got you a smile. For the you first did. Time. Yeah. And this, I think, is the best of Star Wars we've seen in a while, this series. It is the best Star Wars I've seen since the original trilogy when I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. This right, the, the Mandalorian is excellent, both in terms of being Star Wars and being yeah. entertaining, and it's just also really well-made television. Yeah, I love the way they do it where – we had one main character in Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian. We still have not seen his face recording as they've seen seven episodes. I think they will keep it through the finale, you might guess. Uh, I don't know if they're going to reveal it in the finale or not. It'll be interesting. I don't think they will. You don't think they will? No. I it's think they're going it, to. This, this is the way. <laughs> I think they're going to. How big of a teaser would it be if that's like the last thing? The last shot is just you see the rising of his helmet. And you cut the black. For, but, but from his point of view. So you're seeing him looking at somebody else and him taking his own helmet off, but you don't see his face. You see somebody else looking at him. Yeah. How interesting would that be for a final shot? It would be a great mm. final shot. I would if you if you nail it, we'll discuss this in the future. Let's let's go back into the let's go back into the past so I could they could pitch that to all the Disney people. Yeah, and I love it. I love the way they do this series where, like, basically, like, they, he has baby Yoda because uh, he rescues him from the, from the uh, Empire Remnants at the beginning. And then they're just going on these random adventures every episode where he meets a different character every episode. It's, like, one self-contained story at a different part of the universe where, like, we have the episode where he goes on the primitive planet, helps them fight off the, the raiders. The episode where he's going on the smuggling ship. The episode on Tatooine where he's going on the bounty hunt. Like... Nice self-contained stories that, like, are tight and crisp, no extra filler. It's great storytelling, and it gives you different perspective of the Star Wars universe than what you get in the movies. It is. It's all very self-contained, like I think you said. Um, it's honestly very Star Trekian in the way it approaches things, where you kind of know where a story's going to be. You kind of can identify the person who's the red shirt, if you will, uh, the, the sacrificial character of each story, maybe. Um, but it, it's really good in that way. And I think that what its simplicity allows it like I mentioned earlier, to kind of to soak in the Star Wars atmosphere and take all the little things people like so much and highlight them. Um, and also, there's no denying that Baby Yoda is the most adorable thing on in the galaxy right now. Not even close. It is a meme and GIF factory that they have made with Baby Yoda, and I'm all in. I, I love Baby Yoda. It's the Shh, awesome. Character of the year, in my opinion. I mean, like, there was a... I saw a meme, again, on the internet of Baby Yoda being named the Time Person of the Year. And I was like, listen, if there's anything everyone can unify around, it's Baby Yoda. Nobody dislikes Baby Yoda. No, nobody does. And I want to give a ton of respect to the showrunners for not teasing that at all in the beginning to the point where, like, 
This is Christmas is here. You cannot buy an official Baby Yoda product anywhere because they did not want that character being leaked by some over-eager toy seller saying, look, tiny Yoda toys, kids, go buy one. Yeah, it doesn't come out till February. Am I right with that? I've seen stuff go as late as May. As May? Yeah. So here's the thing. I actually, I know somebody, I won't reveal her name, and she has, I think, a family member who works for Star Wars, and they have an official Baby Yoda toy already in hand. Yeah. And I was so jealous. Yeah. And I always, this is a person I know by extension of extension, and I'm already just jealous of that envious person over there. Oh, jealous. I respect the choice, though, to not have to, to be able to hold that until yeah. the series drops. Well, they know they have everybody hostage with it, right? Yeah. And you, you get six more months of hype out of Mandalorian because everybody's waiting for the Baby Yoda merch to drop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think this is a big clear winner. I think we're, we're supposed to be getting more series on Disney Plus going forward. You're looking forward to the Rogue One prequel series. Um, I am, again, because I think. It's going to be self-contained, which yeah. I think is good. I like that aspect of it. My only worry is, again, you know the ending already. Now the thing is, is that worry unfounded? Because in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, you knew where it had to end. And it did. But they still did it very, very well. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, I am excited for it. I, I'm not as excited as, say, for the Obi-Wan uh, series that's going to be coming forward. Yeah. But I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, I'll check both of those out. The Obi-Wan, at least they have Ewan McGregor back doing it, which I think is going to be nice, but I don't know where they're going to fill in, what we don't know already. Yeah, what we don't know already is interesting. Uh, I think the fact that Ewan McGregor has been ship has been shipping this show for so long makes me really excited because yeah. he is invested in it. Yeah, he, he has wanted this for a really long time. Yeah, like he wanted this to be a movie, and then when it didn't yeah. work out because they kind of scrapped all the sequel, like anthropology stuff after mm-hmm. Solo Bomb like financially, and then... He pushed it to the Disney Plus series, and now the fact that he's so invested makes he convinced that he that he'll make something good out of it. Yeah, and I think I'm very curious to see the lessons that will be learned from the Rise of Skywalker and its failings, and from the successes of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Because yeah, are I, they, I'm sure it's probably the opposite of what they're expecting. Yes, I think it is the opposite of what they're expecting. I think they expected the Mandalorian to be the div- the uh, the divisive thing in the Star Wars universe, uh, but it's it's completely opposite. I really hope they take the simplistic approach or where they don't flower up everything in these shows and let it live, let it be its own story. Yeah, I hope they do too, and obviously... Make it like, I mean, sorry, just the, the Mandalorian is a lot like a Western in the way it's simple, and it's it's just really good in that way. It's a lot like a samurai tale where everything is kind of subtle and all, everything is soft-spoken, and there's not a lot of words, but all the words are profound. Yeah. And I really, I hope they keep that going. I hope they do. And I think Obi-Wan has a better chance of doing that because he's a soft-spoken character to begin with. He doesn't usually say a lot of things, and everything he says kind of has, like, a words of wisdom around it. So he's going to fit into that kind of that kind of sphere, that atmosphere a little bit more. Yeah, I hope they take the mantra of the Mandalorian before, like, this is the way. Yeah, like, this is the way. Yeah. This is the way you make Star Wars. Yeah. People are happy now. Yeah. Pe- yeah. I have spoken. I think Mandalorian, I think, has, like, almost a universal approval rating. Yeah, it's, as it should. Yeah. And, and this doesn't, and Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker did not. No, Rise of Skywalker, the crazy thing is, is I think, though, it is less divisive amongst the Star Wars fans than The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think on this one, there's much more of a divide between, um, People consider themselves movie critics, maybe, compared to movie goers. Yeah, it's reflecting the Rotten Tomatoes scores, where with the critics, like, about 57%, the audience scores about, like, 88%. Yeah, so it's different in that way. And I get into this argument all the time of you can't fault people for liking a movie you didn't like because movies are entertainment, and it's subjective. And you have to be able to be able to empathize with the way other people view things. Just, I think, for me and you, Mike, we just don't agree with their with their reactions, for maybe for the, the more mainstream audience, but that's okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So yeah. with everything we've bashed to the Rise of Skywalker thus far, if you liked it, that's okay. I'm not going to yell at you and say you're wrong. 
Yeah. I'm just going to say I disagree. Yeah. Same, yeah. It's like friend of the podcast, Martina Pucci, also is like, yeah, it's like, I hate eight. I love not. I like nine a lot better. And like that, that's the season to kind of say it's like, you hate eight. You like nine. I, I kind of, I'm a, I'm antithesis to that. I didn't like eight per se, but I disliked nine more. Yeah. So it, again, movies are subjective. Star Wars is subjective. You can like what you like and it's okay. It's okay to disagree. Yeah. You don't need to convince everybody to be on your side. Yeah. So obviously we talk about movies. We know there's more coming. The Skywalker saga is mercifully done. They're not, I, I don't think they're going to do a 10, 11, and 12 any, anytime soon. No. Honestly, you, the way you said, let's talk about the future of Star Wars. Now let's take a break. Star Wars should take a break. Take a deep breath. That's what Marvel is doing right now. They're taking a deep breath in terms of their major yeah. motion picture releases. Yeah, they go about nine months to movies, Marvel, right now. Star Wars, take a year. I think the, Just gather yourself. Yeah. Come up with a plan. Please. Yeah, because I think the next one is not supposed to come out until 2022 is on the calendar. Which Good. Would be, would be a nice long Breathe. break. And, like, that was supposed to be held by Game of Thrones writers and who basically dropped out of it. We're supposed to get a Ryan Johnson trilogy as well, which I don't know if they're going to back off on because of the backlash he got. But. You know what? Now they might take him on. Yeah. But now I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Johnson just walked away and be yes, like, no, yes. bye. Thank you. He's like, screw you. Yeah. He's like, you took my vision through in the trash. Yep. Yeah, it's like it, he should walk away. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine Ryan Johnson right now. In the past two months, he released Knives Out, which is one of the most universally uh, praised movies of the year, and it was awesome. And also, you are, I mean, people taking your back right now with the Star Wars thing and the amount you're being lifted up for what you did to the franchise. His ego right now has to be through the roof. He's got to be feeling great. Yeah. yeah so let's let's put John Stanko in charge of the Star Wars franchise. Oh right no. What would you do with the next set of movies? Completely different. Give it completely different. Set it in the future. You could just say in a galaxy far, far away. It's okay. Just a completely different story. Or I want all new characters. Like all like either far future, or far past. I don't. I don't care. It's uh, probably in the future. I don't want the idea of people being well. It's going to eventually lead and connect to this, right? Yeah. I don't want all those connecting the dots. I want something new. Maybe it doesn't even center around the Jedi. Maybe it centers around more like smugglers and bounty hunters and the Jedi are a force that's just off there and maybe sometimes they interact with, but it's not their main foe. It's not a main thing. I want something completely different. Surprise me. I don't want to know what's coming next. I don't want to be able to predict the future. I want original ideas that I can center around the atmosphere of Star Wars and being involved with space and fantasy and a space opera. Yeah. Bring me something new. Yeah. My issue is I know they will not abandon the idea of the Jedi because they can't sell because they because without the Jedi you can't sell the lightsabers and that's like half the toys. That is very that's again that's very very true. Um, I just I hope maybe they'll get the courage to try something super new like that. Um, but I'm not counting on it. No, I wouldn't count on it. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. But that's what I would want. I want something completely and utterly new. Make something exciting. My idea has been this, and I've been pushed. I said this on your podcast a while ago. Give give me nice the over public. Give me that as a Give movie. me the old version. Yeah. They, way, that, go way, way, way back. Way, 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 way back. There's no way this ties to the current movies. Because there's a there's a story we told there I think is a lot of fun. There's a big twist in there's the video game. There's a huge twist in the video game. There's a jaw-dropping twist in the video game in the middle of it that can literally like recontextualize how you view the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And like there's so much unexplored world building you could do in that era of the galaxy. I think that, that would be a lot of fun to go visit that. Yeah, and I think I like that idea because there's also not as much um, subletting of content 
surrounding the Knights of the Little Republic. There's definitely like some comic books and stuff made about it, but not nearly as much tied into it as, say, the Skywalker saga and the amount of books and comic books and canon, non-canon stories that are told about it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there's not much you'd have to retcon if you want to change it. Exactly. You, you don't need to worry about a, 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 as large of an angry fan base saying, that's not how it was in this version or this tale. So I do like that idea because they have a lot more freedom to kind of branch off that stem of the Knights of the Old Republic and create their own path from it using that story as its baseline. And the characters they have in that in that game are fantastic. Like they have yeah. such a wide range of characters. I mean, you got sarcastic droids. I was gonna got, say the droids I remember from that movie were the best. They were a lot like the droids from Solo and Rogue One, yeah. where they were sarcastic and they had a personality. Yeah, K two S O. I felt a lot like H A forty seven from the game. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. They give droids a lot more character, a lot more characteristics of a human in that game. Yeah, so I would. That's my pitch. Is like. Do something in that spear in the game. Oh, oh, I just thought of something that made me so angry. Go. Sorry. The fact they had a droid speak English yeah. in the freaking Rise of Skywalker. How stupid do you need the audience to be? Yeah. Let the, for, the beep, 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 people can understand the tenor and the tone of a droid speaking. You don't need to have a droid speak English. Oh, my God. How stupid do you treat your audience? You, that made me so angry when that happened. You mean the little droid, the JJ voice? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that made me. Oh, that made me so angry. I forgot all about that. I blacked it out in my head. Yeah, and J and like I forgot about that drug completely. There's so much wrong with that. I was like not on my la my radar. Oh God. Right. Sorry, I just completely reverted back to to the rise of Skywalker. But that was an outrageous decision. The audience isn't stupid. Yeah, the audience is not stupid. We will end it there. I want to thank I want to thank you for coming on today and spending over an hour discussing this movie. I, I, I want to thank you for indulging me in my grievances. Yeah. Yeah, we aired some grievances today. It's not yes, even, we did. It's not even Festivus yet. No, it's not Festivus yet. We are no. two days early on Festivus. We are. You're recording on the 21st, so two days early on Festivus. I want to thank you. I also want to thank Pete Considori for hopping on early in the I guess to do the preview and nail it. And I feel like, go back to that conversation, the last 10 minutes of it, we nailed pretty much all the problems that are going to happen in this movie. That was back on, in November. So. Got some prognosticators in you, between you and Pete. Good for you. Prognosticating Pete. I like that PP. Yeah. So I also do that. I also give a shout out here. If you want to be sure, if you want more good stuff like this podcast, be sure to check out my blog over at justinthesuffering.wordpress.com for, I'm going to be dropping, this is going to be out by the time you are listening to this podcast. I'll be dropping my reaction to the trailer of Tenet, which we mm -hmm. saw, which I saw in the theaters the first time before the Rise Skywalker. It was the highlight of the night. Honestly, it was really, really good. Yeah, the tenant trailer delivers. If you're a Nolan fan, it delivers. Yeah, I got so many theories about this. So I'm gonna put that's gonna be on the blog. Check that out. Go subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Just End the Suffering there on any of those platforms. You can find all of the old episodes, including the one earlier this week where I spoke to Dan Federico from Bronx to Bushville about the winter meetings. John's not very happy about that because the Yankees just got Garrett Cole. He's a Red Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. It's okay. We're the underdogs again. I love it. All right. Be sure to leave your feedback and star ratings as well. Or like this podcast even better going forward. You can follow John Stanko on Twitter at jstanko99. And if you want to read my movie takes on my blog, stankosstance.wordpress.com. I'm putting up my written blog here the night of recording on the 21st. So when Mike puts this podcast out, I will probably attach it to my blog for some uh, for some additional content there. So be sure to check me out on stankostance.wordpress.com. Also, feel free to check out our podcast on stankostance.com last week where we talked about the top 10 movies of the decade and find out where we disagreed. There's, there's quite a disagreement. Yeah, right in the middle of the of the top 10. We have a big issue on my list. I don't think my eyes could have rolled any harder than they did. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, so you can also follow me on Twitter at mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. We're going to go with a happy hashtag. We're going to hashtag Babu Frick, the best, the best character in the movie, not, not named C-3PO. Not, not named C-3PO, absolutely. Hashtag Babu Frick. Next up, our holiday special coming out on Tuesday. We got a lot. Of, it's going to be a very, very long podcast, folks. I'm not going to be back on again after, for about a week afterwards. So you have plenty of time to digest all the content in it. John knows about this. John's... Not going to be obvious directly, but he, you will hear from him in it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I want to know what clips you picked. I want to know. I'm excited. I don't remember what I said. Yeah, there are a lot of great clips in that episode. There's a great interview in there. We'll give you the NFL picks. We'll give you um, guest the Palooza and more. Until then, I hope you have a better week than the Star Wars fans.